right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here. TC is here. Hello, TC. Konnichiwa. A proud father. Proud, I, I, proud son? Are you, are you Scotty Scheffler's son? That's a good question. He might be like, it's like a Benjamin Button situation, <laughs> I think. I've been, I've been trying to warn y'all. He's got golf's signature sip sitting by his side. He's back in the kill house after some time away. Mr. Neil Schuster. Hello, Neil. Hello. It's good to be back. It's uh, good to have you back. I, I You know, I left... Kind of stopped watching golf about a month ago, and all of a sudden, Scotty Scheffler's number one in the world. <laughs> That's a weird it's time kind period. Of, kind of weird. Now I'm like back on the grid, and and things have changed. Things so, changed rapidly. I thought things were going to change in a very different way. I thought I was going to come back, and you know, all these guys would be playing in Saudi Arabia or something. But like, it's it's <laughs> come on, we're not going to talk Saudi. No, this week. but it's just I was expecting like all this big stuff to happen while I was gone. But I I can tell you that I didn't have Scotty Scheffler being number one in the world when I got back, and it was time away by choice. By choice, yes, 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 for sure. Uh, no, I was not suspended by by any means. Uh, we do not comp- uh, you know, we don't comment on disciplinary matters, you know, current or future ones. But uh, the first major of the year is upon us with the LPGA heading to Rancho Mirage, California this week. Quick guessing game: How many majors do you think have been won with an Odyssey putter since 2010? Uh, so we're talking male and female. Yes. I mean, there's been. 12 years of 560 and then another 40. I would say 40 majors. I was going to say between 40 and 50. 64. Jeez. 64 majors won by Odyssey. As we, as we wrap Odyssey Month, which you may have noticed via PGA Tour and LPGA Tour players carrying special bags, touting the number one putter on tour. Quick around the horn, what putters you all are using? TC, I know it's going to take a while for you. Yeah, right now I have a tour-lined 11S in lefty and a tour line 11s in righty and i also have a uh try hot number three that i just put in the bag righty yeah any supply issues that have been going on in the golf industry (laughs) have been mostly due to tc doing some testing (laughs) i uh i've got keisha still uh stroke lab seven i love it it's uh, with the triple track on it so helps me uh helps me line it up a little bit so i i actually got one of those new white hots the new throwbacks um a number seven like retro one it's nice, I but I you know I kind of had a little honeymoon phase with it, and now I'm back to the right. uh, tried and true. You were using question. it. Question. Yeah, you had Keisha was a previous putter, and then you got her with the triple track. Yeah, she, so so she had some plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but <laughs> a little bit of work done. We, yeah, you know we we but she's better than ever. She's feeling great. God, you guys make me nervous sometimes. Uh, Kevin Kisner also uses an Odyssey 7, in which he had quite a successful week, which we'll talk about. I use an Odyssey O-Work 7. Uh, we have a little a giveaway going on this week, an Odyssey we staff do. bag we'll be giving away. We do. Starting Thursday, check our Instagram channel. Uh, we're going to be posting it. That's just a heroic, heroic putt that I made against TC long ago in Dagger. Ireland. Uh, and encourage people to send in the most epic putt that they've made uh, or that they've caught on film, and we'll be giving away the, uh, the staff bag, the one you saw Kisner Rocking, uh, Leishman had it on. All the all the uh, Callaway staffers had it out there this month. Uh, so we'll be giving that away on Friday this week. On to the WGC match play at uh, the Dell Technologies, whatever it's called. Way too many words in this name. WGC um, Tim Fincham special. That I, I sorry I left that out there. But Scotty Scheffler is that dude after finishing running runner up to Billy Horschel last year. Wins at Austin Country Club. Of course, he's quite familiar with as you mm-hmm. may have garnered from the from the telecast this past week. So. Uh, Scotty Scheffler moves to number one in the world. I'll ask this question, though. 
Is Scotty Scheffler the best player in the world? I think even if he didn't win today, I think he's he's playing the best of anybody in the world right now. He's the hottest golfer in the world. Correct. That's a, that's why I, I don't know if that's a different question than is he the best golfer in the world. I also really uh, enjoy watching him play golf. Oh yeah, it's the way he, uh, you know the, the foot move. It, it's it's very um, engaging. You he's know, a he goes, he, yeah, he goes after the ball. He's a shot maker. I like watching he, he and and Ted Scott. You know, discussing things. He seems like he's pretty uh, thoughtful, you know, pre-shot, and he's thinking thinking through a lot of stuff, like very collaborative with his caddy. So I've really enjoyed uh, this week watching him watching him work. Saul, you got anything you want to say? Uh, yeah, I, I was campaigning super hard for him to be on the Ryder Cup team I, against, you know, pushing back against the Twitter community that wanted people with much worse of, uh, of a fit in there. So I think I was the earliest one on the Scotty Scheffler train of any of us here. So I don't know if you have anything <laughs> you want to add here. So I, I would give – I would like to – Give TC a shout out. He has been on the he had shotgun on the bandwagon with with Scheffler. You've been on it for I would say three years. Was kind of that 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 rookie year he was out. He, you were you were like smoking Scotty, smoking Scotty. You were just constantly talking. About that's him. because he was on his Fred X Cup team though. Let's no. just be clear. But also, which is but he deserves credit for picking him on. His no, it was Fred even before X Cup that. Team. It was when he almost won the Savannah, uh, the the Corn Ferry Savannah event uh, up the landings. I think he finished second. And basically, I have the utmost respect for guys who get their tour card, like, you know, come through Corn Ferry tour, get their tour card immediately, keep it. Like, it's just, his rise has been... I, I remember asking you why you liked him back then, and you, he was, you were like, he makes a million birdies. Like, he just goes out, and he'll just get super hot and, and just make every birdie some, some rounds, and that stuck with me, that kind of descri- description of him. I just love the way he plays golf. He hits, he hits a bunch of shots, like, he... Like watching today, he had that that super low tread driver on, was that on eight? I mm-hmm. think, and then you know just, I think he's excellent on those par threes. They're so awkward and short, and you got to hit these little manufactured shots. And he's a pitcher, not a thrower. Yeah, it's a unique skill set. It's not dominated by any you know one category. He just does everything really well. He's not a, he hits it plenty far, but he's not a bomber. He's not just a strokes game menace off the tee. He hits irons good, but not Morikawa good. He's not the best putter on tour, but some of all parts right now is, is adding up to an incredibly hot golfer that can close golf tournaments now. And I just think it's worth noting that he goes out and wins in the desert, dome golf, 80 degrees, you know, kind of typical stadium golf, aerial, hit it high, hit it flush, you know, I, I, just a, a big boy PGA Tour golf course at TPC Scottsdale. Then goes to Orlando and wins on narrow fairways, thick-ass rough, firmest greens imaginable, Bermuda greens, totally different atmosphere. Then goes to a 6,600-yard match play course, Austin Country Club, with funky bounces, elevation change, you know, distance totally mitigated, and he goes and wins there all in the span of two months. Like, yeah. that is – that's showing off skill that, like, you know, I mean, we – not this is not a shot at Kisner. I, I kind of want to talk a, a little bit about what, you know, the world of golf would look like if distance wasn't such a prerequisite, but, like – he has Kisner has a few courses that pop up annually that are good places for him to compete. Whereas like Scotty shows up literally anywhere and he should be able to compete. Yeah. We got it. We got one of the, one of the questions that was sent in here, which is uh, Luke nine, five, two, one. Should we be grabbing these Scheffler 40 to one numbers for, uh, for the U S and British opens for Scheffler? I would say a hundred, they're probably gone down by the time you're listening to this, but Masters odds are always smaller because it's a smaller field. But, uh, I mean, yeah, looking down the road a little bit for, you know, some of those tournaments maybe don't have the odds as refreshed. Absolutely. Scotty's played in uh, he's played in seven majors since he turned pro. Uh, missed the cut at the 2019 U.S. Open. 
T19 at the Masters in 2020, T4 at Harding Park in 2020, and then T18, T8, T7, T8 last year in the majors. I mean, like, I think the only knock you could possibly have on him with with St. Andrews would be would be like he hits the ball really high and if it gets yeah. windy, but it seems like he you know he just got all the shots and he played really well at Brookline when uh, during the uh, USAM there. Mm-hmm. Well, they were talking about how high he hits it today on the telecast. A moment that stood out to me, similar to what you were saying about the par threes on 17 against DJ in the semifinals. Uh, wind started blowing and he took nine iron and the announcer's like, well, he's gonna have to flight this down like that's way too much club and he just yeah he just hits this like sawed off. Like you know, quarter swing or three quarter swing nine iron, and it was like you know, on command. It's like exactly what he needed to do. He needed to flight it lower. He can do that, and you know, he closed out the match right there. It was pretty impressive. I'd say pitcher not a thrower is a very apt description of it. He can throw change ups. He can throw eighty eight on the corner, and he's got a ninety seven mile an hour fastball when he when he wants to. And it's uh, got it's kind of I wonder if you rarely see somebody do this in the stretch up to the Masters and go out and win the Masters non cat category. So I don't know if this necessarily changes anything I think about the Masters. I think it's a different expectation to go in as number one player in the world. Press conferences, the whole works he's going to have. But, I, yeah, bold take but, here. I, I don't, I'm not going to say he's not going to win, but I don't think, it doesn't really change what yeah. I think for a couple weeks from now. So Speed's still going to win. I, I mean, it was cool to see him get emotional after oh, the yeah. win today. And we were talking while we were watching that of it's, it's not like he's not um, LeBron or Tiger that was, uh, oh, this guy is going to be the number one. He was not, he's not anointed. It's not and a hype machine. was not a hype machine. It's all, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I get back from my honeymoon, and this guy's the number one player in the world. And you look at it, you're like, well, God, he deserves it. Like, he's just, he's just done, you know, the results speak for themselves, but there's been no, it kind of snuck up on everybody. And it looks like it even snuck up on him. Because I was like, man, he's getting really emotional. I was like, I guess he knows that he's the number one player in the world, or is it, Winning at home, like I was trying to figure out, like what the uh, all of the above, right? and it's just a grind of a week too. Yeah. yeah, and I think also it's you know we talked about this last week with Sam Burns, like he has three wins, and that's the result of being in contention a lot. Like getting in contention eight times and winning three out of eight is a lot. Like that's you you it's it'd be unrealistic to get in contention three times and expect three wins. So you go back and look at Scheffler's record; he had three runner ups in 2021, a third place in 2021. Also had a runner-up in 2020 and a third place in 2020 and uh, in 2020 as yeah, well. He had, he had ten top tens last year. Yeah, and, and think, played think really well in the fall. How close we were with waste management to being like, oh man, he's if he doesn't win this, right now we're going to start talking about you know a female situation. Guy can't close. He's always you know he just he you know is he one of those guys that can't win? And then a true breaking the door down. Yeah, like kind of you know I wouldn't say he ran that one r- running away. He made that awesome putt, but he. You know, he and Cantley were kind of like, no, no, I'll, no, 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 no you on. should take this one. No, no, I won't. I'll give it back to you. But and then also, now it's like, okay, he, he, you know. That also speaks to, like, the the thin lines, though, in pro golf. Like, he was in a how-many-hole playoff with Matt Fitzpatrick to get out of his group. Yeah, five, uh, five or six holes. Of, of group play in on Friday afternoon. So, it, it, you know, if Fitzpatrick runs in one putt against him, we're not having this conversation right now, but – just goes to show like yeah the mar especially in a match play tournament man it's like it's we'll talk some of about uh, the you know the guys that played great that didn't get through the guys that played horrible and did get through and that's the beauty of this event and it's a great great change of pace in that regard but indulge me a little bit more like last year scotty i mean solo second at this event obviously you can't tie mm-hmm. for second at this event. <laughs> <laughs> um and then t8 at the pga third at the memorial 
T7 at the U.S. Open, T12 at the Scottish Open. Like, he's just, like, uh, fourth at Mayakoba. Like, it just, like, all sorts of different golf courses. I mean, the dude is, a, like, there's just so much variety in his game. And just to back that up on the strokes gain front, like, that's what... That's where that those numbers show out, right? A ton of top tens, top fives is beating so many really, 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 really freaking good golfers on an incredibly consistent basis, which is just it's mind blowing. It really is. And uh, so I guess I would ask like anybody who doesn't feel like he's the best golfer in the world right now, who is? It depend. It really depends on like kind of how you look at what time frame you look at. I mean, yeah, he's he has won three of his last five starts. That's no one can really compare to that, but. You know, Cam Smith didn't play this week, and he has won twice so far this year, and is coming off a win at the biggest tournament, at the best field that we've had so far this year. So it's it's easy to get caught up here on a, on a Sunday night with that guy as the best player in the world right now. But you know, JT has had an incredible start to the year and doesn't have the wins to follow it, but like has been playing some of the best golf in his career numbers wise. But yeah, if you're looking at like strokes gained over the last three months, which wouldn't include this tournament, which is a screwy tournament anyways. Scheffler's fifth in the past three months with Cam Smith and JT and Joaquin Neiman and Fitzpatrick leading the way in that. Or, or you go back to Sony. Like, you know, Hideki was like, he wins the Masters, he won Zozo, then he wins uh, the Sony, and yeah. you're like, God, man, he's going to, he might be a freight train this year, right? And I, I think he's cooled off since, but... There's just so much. I'm sure there's so many good golfers right now. It's unbelievable. And there's a lot of noise in that stuff too, because like you, like yeah, Sheffler had a t55 at the players, and that's going to really hurt you in strokes gain numbers. But yet you would never trade the, the three weeks that he's had, like the mm-hmm. the stretch he's had. You you can shoot 80, 80 at the players, whatever, and that's going to hurt your numbers a lot. But like you would obviously want that stretch of golf. But I mean, yeah, it's easy to forget. Cam Smith came is coming off a win, and then he missed the cut at Sony. Uh, T4 uh, at that over at that tournament over there in Asia. I forget what that one's called. Uh, T33 at the Genesis, and then he won the players. So um, that's pretty good. Yeah. T7 good at the Genesis for Scotty, too. Like it's like even <laughs> he's a machine, I mean, dude. He's fucking balling people. He might be the buoy now that I think yeah. about it. You can't sink him. Yeah. This golf tournament, man, it it works. It, it just freaking works. I had such a delight watching the early part of the week, especially watching. Dudes, watching the ball roll a lot, watching 370-yard holes that Kevin Kisner can drive and watching totally quirky shots that probably wouldn't work for some weird reason in stroke play for these guys, but match play, they're totally fine to to play it and no one complains about it. And it's such an upgrade over Dove Mountain and it's such an upgrade over like driver wedge stock shots that we see so like so many weeks on PGA Tour. It's just a delight. What was the best match or your, your favorite match you saw? This week, Fitz Scheffler comes to mind. Fitzpatrick's been playing some really, really good golf, and that's kind of unlucky break for him to cut to get that bracket, uh, if you will. That that one comes to mind. It's sometimes hard. I don't mean to make this a coverage take. It's sometimes hard to tell like what matches are good, and like I feel like they really missed the boat on Hovland Zalatoris. Which well, this was a perfect week for uh, ESPN Plus because yes. you could uh, watching some of the feature matches earlier in the week helped me stay. I, I almost on Wednesday I got. Like, I had it on, and I just couldn't focus because they're you're jumping around. I can't keep track of the pool play, which we it's can talk horrible. about. And so there's no, I don't have anything, like, there's no buy-in for me. But then I switched over to some of the feature matches, and it was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to, they've picked it for me. I'm just going to watch this match, and, and that way, you know, I'll zone out for three holes, and then I'll look up, and uh, that was more enjoyable. I think my favorite match that I watched was Kisner versus Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, sorry for to Adam Scott, but just like he lost the last four, and and just kind of watching Kisner do Kisner things of as he, you know, they kept alluding to on the broadcast being annoying was like the definition of that against Adam Scott. This like 
you know, they, they couldn't be more opposites as like basically humans and golfers. And Kisner's just like, oh yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just snatch this from you in the last four holes. It was, it was, uh, it was a true Icarito from Adam Scott too, which was, which is, you know, he's been known to do that as well. You want to, should we talk Kisner? Well, just favorite well, matches. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, I love watching Billy Horschel play match play. Because he good. expects everything to go in, and he gets so fiery when it doesn't. He lost one down to Scotty. I thought Max, DJ, like I was rooting for Max, obviously, but DJ was making 25-foot putts, and when DJ's hitting the ball well and making 25-foot putts, like he's the best player of all time. Of course. And then uh, lastly, I, I got to give a shout-out to my guy Blandy. Well, well, Andy Bryson was one of the but great that, pillow fights. I was going to say time. that was. I was going to ask you guys what was the what was your least favorite? What was that the worst was, match? I said I texted you guys like I need my money back yeah. after I watched that entire match. It was so brutal. It was horrible. They were. It was bad golf from start to finish. No, Careful, Bryce, British Twitter is going to be no, all over you. No, Bryson off the first tee hit it into the morgue. Oh, like, they lifted up the <laughs> curtain on, and I think uh, KVV tweeted that. I was like, I thought the exact same thing. I looked up. I'm like. What, what are the medical officers doing at? What happened? Brian Dietzen's walking in. Yeah, like, what, what the hell happened? It's the first hole. Like, it's is somebody hurt? WGC NCIS Dell Technologies <laughs> match play. Uh, that that match was but, so bad. Like Blandy, Blandy, but Blandy getting through that group playing, like, Taylor Gooch is playing great golf right now. Blandy hit, like, 17 greens against him. Or... Uh, you know, and then Blandy going up against against DJ, and it was you know two of the foremost competitors of our time. Be careful with any jokes. We'll get to well, some of no, that. No, it's cool to see. You know, that was tough. Uh, it's wonder. cool to see a guy as old as as Scott Scheffler and a guy like you know Blandy both having these just late bloomers out here doing big things on on the PGA Tour this it year. It could have been Blandy right up there in that spot. That's but right. It is like Mav McNeely played some of the best. Like if you looked at the data, golf strokes gained for the first three matches, Mav McNeely was the best player in the field and didn't make it out of his bracket. And Blandy and Adam Scott were the two worst players, but made it out of their bracket because their whole brackets were just a total mess. Adam Scott was in the Keegan Bradley, Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose bracket that was just horrific. How about uh, Mav, you know, showing out and he was the last guy in the field, right? stomped Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, that was impressive. I was like, and and when they say that, they're like, yeah, he was the last guy in. I think he got in because maybe Cam withdrew or... Sam Burns. I Sam think. Burns. Yeah. And it just hit me. I'm like, Mavs the 64th dude. Like, how deep is golf right now? Mm-hmm. You know, that's when it hits you. And then you see what he's doing to my guy Keen. You know, just just murder out there in, the, great, in that first match. Great setting for him, too. Like, smart player, cerebral player, mm-hmm. knows where to hit it, playing, you know, all sorts of different angles, match play, knows where his risk is, all that. The 17th and 18th holes fit so great in this format, too. I mean, 18 is, depending where the pin is, is not automatically driver. You, If the pin's up front, you don't want to drive it all the way to the bottom. It's just quirky. There's slopes to play. Watching Kisner close out his match uh, this morning, just hitting it up the slope, come, bringing it all the way back, was just like... God, that's just such a more entertaining way to, way to watch golf. Ball's bouncing off hills all week on the par threes, and you don't know where it's going to bound, and guys are having to judge the wind on top of the elevation change. It's just a whole different element. You can see guys just get more engaged with their round because of that, more engaged with the caddy conversations, and uh, it's my favorite style of play. There's a watch. lot more, like a simple thing that I notice is there's a lot more guys aren't doing the early tee grab as much yep. at Austin Country Club. Yes. They're like – they, they hit a good one, and they're like, oh, stay left. You know, it's like, because right at the very, at, at you know, it'll, it's going to land at 290, 300, and it's going to roll to 350, and they're like just watching the ball on the ground until it stops, which is cool. Tour, golf being, tour golfers being concerned about where their tee shots finish yes. versus how far they carry is way more. Like watching yeah. 
on the fifth hole, like trying to get the ball to stop. Like, how yeah. do you get the ball to stop on that green? It's not about your distance to reach it. Like Kevin Kisner can get there, but it's about missing in the right spot and, and playing the proper pins. It's it's really good. Even like eight and nine, I nine, love watching same thing those on nine. two holes. It's like the ball is out Nine's of their a little hands. funky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Super fun, but off <laughs> but the tee, they're like hitting three wood, and they're like, oh, God, please don't go in the hazard. But yeah. like, you know? for, like for once, we're watching the wheels turn yes. in these yeah. guys' heads, and, and they're thinking. And also, it was so refreshing to see them turn the sprinklers on immediately after the groups grow through, which means that they've stressed the course and that they've let it go and they've tried to get it as firm and fast as possible, which which isn't always the case. Correct. What is it about 17 that these guys are so befuddled? I, it, like 135-yard shots at times and they just totally whiff on the green. I, I don't see that from any... Uh, at that distance on tour, I don't see them fuck that up nearly as bad as they do at Austin Country Club, anywhere else. I Even think some number of it's 17. the... Like the way the land goes down and then up, I think it's the way the wind hits the ball there. Um, slope of that green in the slope, back the slope, part is like crazy. it's it's a super small green for all intents and purposes because yeah. there's only so much usable space on it. But you can tell the guys that are that play somewhat smart are more comfortable on that shot versus the guys that are used to hitting it on the green and then stopping right there. I want to talk some Kisner, which of course it is not. This is not a hobby for Kisner, and this is not a hobby for us because this is not. We don't do this for fun. This is a business for us. Okay, That's this right. is a job. So the Cash App is the easiest way to send, <laughs> spend, and save your money. You can send or request money from friends and family when they owe you money for dinner, etc. You can invest in any stock or buy Bitcoin with just one dollar. Neil, I'm so glad you're back with me. Finally, I get some some Bitcoin up support. Five percent today. Up up eight percent, I think, in the last week, and twenty three percent in the last month. I'm still evaluating. Say. You know what? I'm. Just I've, wait I, it out. I've, I've got an open mind. KC, if you want to make Bitcoin a hobby, you can do that through the Cash <laughs> App, okay? Just a hobby. We don't want you to make that a, a profession, please. Keep waiting out the greatest performing asset of all time. Comes with a debit card. You can customize Cash App. We'll laser print it and mail it to you. Comes with free discounts on places you love called Boost. You can use referral code no laying up when you sign up. It gives you free $15 right off the bat. And Cash App sets aside $10 for each sign up to youth on course. Basically, the more people using code no laying up when registering, not only are you getting a free $15, but you are helping to support junior golf. So what are you waiting for? Use referral code no laying up at Cash App. Uh, Kevin Kisner, are we going to, is it time to just relitigate the whole, he should have no, been on the, the rider cut? Like, we already had this conversation <laughs> A it's a dozen times. I got like 50 tweets about it this well, week. If, He's got to be on every team going I don't forward. Know, if the U.S. hadn't had a historic win, then <laughs> exactly. maybe. But it didn't, it, like, we, they didn't need him. Now, I kind of, I would say I'd be cool with him. Clearly, he's, like, really good at this format. And I know it's the course He's also really quail. good at this golf this, course. I know, yeah. but I would like, you know what would be great for this whole argument? Just put him on the team. <laughs> it's a, it's a, one, it's an exhibition. Two, it's. You know, that's, that's my take. Is for the President's Cup, I, I'm fine. So let's, Just do whatever. Let's see, put him on the President's sure. Cup team, and then everybody can, we'll see what his record is, and maybe it's like, yeah, this guy's just like, he's just a savvy, savvy match play competitor. I would say Quail Hollow, not going to be good for him. Uh, not maybe to the same extent that Whistling isn't, you know, a good fit for him. Also, I just, he's played in the President's Cup before. He was 2-0-2 in 2017 at Liberty National, which also wouldn't be a great, great fit for him. You know, I don't. The U.S. team is obviously going to win the Presidents Cup by a lot, so I'm fine with sacrificing a spot. I just don't know who he's taking off the team. It might be Finau right Caref now. Careful what you wish for. There's some. There's some guys on the international team that are starting to flash. TC's literally wearing his international <laughs> Presidents Cup logo hat. Right yes, it's <laughs> my favorite hat. I have a white one and a black one. I wear them like every day. They got. They're top heavy. They got like four guys that are you know very very legit. It's just the depth is a. It's an issue when you compare it to the U.S. team. But wait, it's but insane. It's, it's Freaking 
March, all right? Like, Mito Pereira is going to be this summer. If we were going to Royal Melbourne, I would not definitively say the U.S. is going to win this. But, anyways, back to the Kisner part. He's an international team advisor. Yeah. He's, he's been brought on. He's on a retainer with the international team. Kisner is one of the unique case studies of this generation in terms of it's amazing the specific golf courses that I think he's highlighted the ones that pop up that he is immediately able to compete, right? Think how much more pressure goes on him for the weeks where, you know, it's not bomb and gouge and he's not giving up. It's just, he's not paying the same penalty off the tee, you know, as some of the other Beth page black is the example they keep using yet at the same time, like Kisner is, Every single year, keeping his card is like not even a question. Yeah. And when you're talking about somebody at that with, with that style of game, like how easy it would be to fall off of that, and you know, and not it's, it's kind of Kucher esque in that regard. And I mean, he's not accomplished as much as Kucher, but like the fact that Kucher with that game that isn't bombing it and you know putting himself kind of behind the eight ball behind the team kept his card for that many years is amazing. And I feel like people think we're taking shots at him. I think it's a such a different conversation. If we're for these team events when we're not at home ones, like for 2023 in Italy, I don't know enough about that golf course at this point, but he's way more in the conversation than he would have been with Whistling Straits. I got some intel on that one. It sounds like they're going to do their thing. They're going to trick it up a little bit, and it's going to be weird. So, I'm sure an, it will. An accuracy competition. I'd love to see it. But, yeah, I think, you know, like Kisner and Horschel, put them on the team when it makes sense because I think that makes for a more interesting Ryder Cup. Sure. Experience and and I guess know. we don't we don't have to relitigate the whistling straight stuff. People, but I think to. what we <laughs> no what, what is worth noting is giving Kisner credit for the consistency yeah. in both match play and I guess at this golf course. Like he deserves mad props. Like he's he For balls sure. out and like what you're saying, it doesn't put as much stress on him. You know he you know if he's not hitting his irons well, and he's you know 20, 30 yards behind most guys off the tee. He, but he just constantly has to make those ten footers for par, and even and he had to do that this week. Like he just breaks people's hearts with those those par saves, like what he did to Adam Scott, basically. And then you know he gets hot and makes like two or three birdies, you know, when he's when he's vibing. But what he just, did to JT to be able to do that for a career Jesus. and not exactly that the consistency of the stress that he puts around his short game and his putting, and to just pull that off year after year after year is worth. Just complimenting. I just want to like point out how amazing that is to watch. I was going to go back and look and see if he played in any of the ones at Dove Mountain. He did not. He, did he didn't not. qualify. So it was like, all right, like that would have been an instructive thing. Of like, is he still good in match play? Because it's it's kind of a misnomer that like he's he's really good at match play. Well, yeah, he, he might be really good at match play, but he might just be really really good at this golf course. Well, this golf course in this format where it's like, hey, I just got to beat you. I don't yeah. need to beat yeah. the field right now. I just got to beat you. Yes, like he is obviously a, a menace, 100%. Yeah. There's also a whole team aspect when it comes to, you know, Ryder Cup and President's Cup teams, uh, you know. And it's just it's you I can't emphasize this enough that he's going to have to dethrone someone from the greatest team that's ever been put together on the US side on a golf course that doesn't fit him that well. Like that's what he's up against. And again, on different golf courses, if it was Royal Melbourne uh, we were getting ready to do, it would be a totally different conversation, but it's just not. And he God, is, it's such a disgrace that they're having this fucking thing at Quail Hollow this year, and then the President's <laughs> Cup's going back to Royal Montreal. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. That's so frustrating. You want to turn this into, a like, a big event? Go to good golf courses. I will not disagree oh. with you there. <laughs> I cannot disagree DC with you there. drive by. I, I, you know, listen, I'm, I'm not. Shit, you know where they I'm should go? They should go to freaking Austin, Austin Country Club. That would be that would be interesting. Or just more so courses like Quail Hollow doesn't, you know, it doesn't bug me as much if I didn't see it every single year. 
right? Like, I don't like it when they go somewhere and then now they're going to move the Wells Fargo to another course. It's like, well, I don't need to see, like, I already see Quail Hollow every year. I don't need to go there. We're good. For an exhibition. We're, we're good, Quail. Like we, yeah, I know. We're it's the nicest time of the year, like, in most of the country. Yeah. yeah. So Late that's. September. That's that's what's frustrating to me. So it's not it's not personal with Quail is what I'm getting at. But think about the other guys on this team. So like you said, Kisner has to dethrone somebody from you know Murderer's Row. And think about who not, wasn't on the team: Sam Burns, Max, like Zalatoris. Zal, like I mean, and it's like okay, you still want me to now? I still got to pick Kisner just because right. like oh he's got that dog in him because you know, it ain't a hobby. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know, man. Like those guys are really good. Exactly. Horschel, Scotty Scheffler like, was the twelfth ah, guy on the team. I he was know. the last man on. And he's now the number one player, number in, the one world. player in the world. Ah. This is a, like this is what you're trying to make the Harlem Globetrotters right now. So just remember that when it comes time to it. I know nobody will. I know nobody that it just makes it hard. It, you know, I find myself being like, yeah, put kids on the team, and I'm like, oh, I mean, but that means you got to leave somebody off, and that's should where it's hard. Should they use the Presidents Cup as like a training ground? I think they should. They never seem to do that. I mean, Davis Love is the captain. Like, I, I think they're kind of reheat the same same shit. There right? doesn't seem to be a lot of continuity on that. But I, I, I do think that the group on this U.S. side took a little bit of ownership to it in, in terms of like the top eight guys there. Like we all know each other. This is like our team. We're kind of, we're kind of running the show now here. It's not, there's not going to be any Patrick Reed things. We don't even need to talk about that. Like that's just not happening. Like this is our group. Yeah. Here's the guys that fit in really well with our group. Like we don't, you need a computer model to tell us Scotty Scheffler is going to be a really good player on this team. And that's how it ended God, up. God, I'm so. rooting for P to make a comeback. Ditch that PXG driver, make a comeback and poison this U.S. team. Who, who, so the bottom of that team right now, is would you put in Harris English? I think Harris English has been hurt, so we haven't really seen much from Tony. him. Tony. Tony has been not playing good golf. He would not be on my team right now. Yeah, you want to you want to make a statement on that? I, I have it written down here that Tony Finau stinks. I'm okay. willing to address that this week. So Spieth, Spieth would not be on my team right now if we we're going to go know, play that's next what I week. Mean. It's like when you start thinking about who's the, who's in the bottom four. Guys, is Shoffley at risk? Here? I, I might have to address that at some point. I'm I'm waiting till the Masters. I I, I feel like he's. You know, I want. He's not trending by any means, but he's had a lot of success there as far as just being, you know, in contention. So maybe he has a Scheffler moment here in the next couple months and breaks through and kind of realizes the talent. Otherwise, we're on Ricky watch a little bit. Because DB straight vibing looks like he's did the Olympics still not vibing. get him a little bit of time? It. I thought it did. The but I still. Count. I think lately he's been. You know, he's he's a combo of it's a little bit of Ricky, and. A little bit of JT with the limited field wins, you know. I he needs to have a, he kind of needs to have a statement here in the next. I I will put him on a. Do you think it's a three month clock or a six month clock? Uh, I mean, I think give him the whole major season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's so, so over the past so, so three. That's a four month clock. Okay. Over the past three months, he's around a one point five. Uh, the past three to twelve months, uh, you know, he's been about a one point five four to the one point four strokes gain guy. So. Good player, but not great. I mean, 1.8 yeah. and up is really kind of what you're looking for in terms I, I of... I just haven't seen him, you know, he hasn't jumped out at me. You know, I think he's had some decent finishes, but never like, oh, Xander's going to, you know... But that plays really well. Like, that, the fact that he'd be, like, the 10th best team on the U.S. team is, like, why and they he's would... probably got, like, the most versatile yeah. game amongst yeah. everybody. And he I played really say, well at the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So... We mentioned the Olympics. Like, I, got, I guess I just got to say it again. It's a disgrace that the Olympics isn't match play like it's amazing like how much more interesting yeah. olympic yes. golf would be if, if it was storylines for sure yeah aaron j greer asked should there be more match play events i'm, I'm gonna say no 
I think I'm good with the one week. I think it's a it's a nice change of pace, but I don't. The it's Euro a weird, Tour has one too, right? Or they used to. I don't. I honestly don't you remember. Know, if you they know do. what you talked me into though is taking like the Zurich format and making that a partner, like match partner play. match play, and yeah. and a bracket and and like team team golf match play is I, I would think a lot more engaging than that current format is. Yeah, so we, that format's already gimmicky. Yeah, I'd be cool. Like you know, I would I would say one more. Match play event in the fall or something, I'd be cool with. Or if it was on the Corn Ferry Tour or somewhere else in professional golf, sure. Here's the thing that worries me, though. Like, quite obviously, NBC slash Golf Channel, they can't keep track. Like, they can't portray this many matches. I mean, they don't. It's so random as to which matches they follow and which ones they kind of leave behind. Like I mentioned, the Hovland Zalatoris thing was super weird on Friday. They just didn't have enough hard cameras. I, I guess not. Like, you know, just throw out that many matches and it's just. If we're doing this for television, it uh, it doesn't really translate that well. Well, no, I would say early week, it's a free-for-all, and we can talk about the pool I play. L- I love being. that, though, because it's just chaos. But I'm, what I'm saying is with the rise of like ESPN Plus and the streaming stuff, yeah. then I think you could figure it out. Like you, if, if, the, if you've got all the cameras out there and you start giving me feature yeah. matchups or different feeds, and then I could put a four screen up, like I think diehard golfers – and I'm not saying that's an every week thing, but one other match play event, like two a year, I would be, you know, I would vote for I that. I think the other thing is just it gets the farther along you get in the tournament, the less interesting it it's, it seemingly gets. And that's right? where they sacrificed the best day of this tournament used to be the Wednesday when it was the free for all. Mm-hmm. And they've gone to pool play. And look, we obviously understand the reasons for going to pool play for sponsor reasons. If you want for hospitality, you want to be able to say so-and-so is going to be here playing golf on Friday. But what you've also sacrificed with that is the drama for the individual matches is gone because you can't... I watched so much of the pool play, and I when it came down to crunch time on Friday, I couldn't tell you who needed to do what to advance. Like, yeah. And you can't keep track of that for 16 matches, and you, uh, you've sacrificed really valuable golf, real like very much super easy for a golf fan. Here is what you need to know. You need to know that you win this match or you go home for a lot a a lot of meaningless golf. Yeah. And it, it takes a huge bite out of it for golf fans. I know what it maybe does for TV. I know what it does for sponsors. And I know it keeps it's more matches, blah, blah, blah. But that was what you was unique about this event and you kind of ruined it because Friday is almost impossible to follow. The I two, would I'd be down with third start it on Thursday. Go back to the regular bracket. So Thursday and Friday, if you start at Thursday, you get you're guaranteed to get on Friday you're gonna have Enough stars, or yeah, you, some of the big names might get knocked Plus, out or upset. We're not having the same issues that we had back in, you know, nineteen ninety nine. There was one, that, yeah, Kevin yeah. Sutherland year. <laughs> yeah, it was you know Steve Pate and Kevin <laughs> Sutherland and and things of that nature going on. Where golf's a hell of a lot deeper now. Like yeah. there's not there's not you know yeah you had Victor Perez last. Like there's some there's some flies in the ointment every once in a while, but for the most part, you're gonna get dogs. And right. then, and then, like you were saying earlier, finish it on Monday. Yes, like, because the best, the, the best yeah. stuff is the round of sixteen, the round of eight. Yeah, yeah. and so then, and day one was the best. Like, yeah, that was awesome. So that way, you get you make your title sponsor happy. Saturday, yeah. Sunday, there's enough golf out there where it's you know, because I'm sure that's a tough viewing experience when there's two matches on the course on Sunday, um, just like it is at the Ryder Cup. Yeah. You can't see anything, but the, I think they could tweak it and go back to the bracket stuff. It and, would be it, you, and with all the. The pools feel so arbitrary. The, oh, it's DraftKings so and just the the way sports is going with gambling and stuff like this would feed right into that so much better than the pool play stuff does. Like filling, I rem- remember filling out brackets for this event, and it's it's just not as much fun to do with the pool stuff because 
it's a it's a free for all. You're no way you're gonna pick the pool winners correctly, and then your bracket's destroyed. So yeah. it's not it's not even worth doing. I feel like the pools. To me, the biggest thing that bugs me about the pools, because I you know what I, I don't really mind it either way. Biggest thing that bugs me is the fact that the head to head match isn't the tiebreaker. Yeah, because like they that, want more tiebreaker. I guess the more playoffs. Like that's right? stupid to me. Like just make it so that like that's a way to make Friday super digestible. Hey, these two are playing, and you know what if. So-and-so wins, he's moving on. If so-and-so wins, instead they have to go back out and do, you know, do a playoff. I saw some people, uh, you know, suggesting World Cup scoring too. Like a win should be worth three, mm-hmm. a draw worth one, and yeah. a loss worth zero. That way you you have less ties and kind of more emphasis on actually winning the match. Um, I, just, I don't know. I just wish I knew, and maybe I just didn't pay attention. Like I was, I was off doing other stuff mid this week, but like how do they set up the pools? It's a it's a, a draw amongst the, the sixteen A players, the sixteen B players, the sixteen C, and the sixteen D. You draw one for each pool. You draw one person from each one. That, that's why they, the pools didn't. There wasn't a lot of tasty matchups in the pools. It wasn't yeah. like you know they should honestly they do a decent job of like setting up matches. You know pairings in the early part of the week and for normal events probably should just do that for this event. Like yeah. give me give me Speeth and Reed in the same in the same group. Like do give me a little bit of storyline to follow early on in the week. We don't need to protect. The integrity of of the of the draw if and you the will. fact that they don't reseed after like you know like I think the fact that that DJ and Scheffler had to play today like I think that's bullshit I think that they I think they should play the you know like the lowest seated guy should play the highest seated guy that one I'm okay with because at least we got to see that match instead of like yeah. one of them losing along the way but um, I don't know it, it it's it's hard. It, you can see pretty easily why match like why a lot of people don't why a lot of companies don't want to do match play events because it just doesn't translate that well to TV. At times, it's the best, but for the most part, man, it's pretty tough to. Which is really interesting that when you compare this to NCAA tournament going on right now and how hyped people get for the underdogs and the Cinderella stories in uh, college basketball, and it's like, oh god, you know, like the, the that's once it, a year. This is every week. Now. I know, but in <laughs> but in golf, the you know, no one's happy when, like, no offense to our guy, our guy Bland, Blandy, but like, no one's like, oh man, like, can you believe the run this guy's making? That the answer was like, yo, we can't have these guys, <laughs> we can't have these guys making a Cinderella run. It's bad for business. Yeah. We need to fix this instead. Whereas that's the business model on March on NCAA basketball. It's like, yo, the Cinderella stories. That's what it's all about. You know, funny thing though, they probably get. I mean, they, the ratings are way better when it's Duke UNC than yeah. the Cinderella model, too. Yeah. So it. Uh, so Volvo match play ended in 2014. So you missed it. Yeah, I'd like, I like. I think it's just I enjoy watching it because it's it's true. Like you have all the context you need for each match. It's two guys playing one another, and it's super digestible and super Life easy. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you know otherwise it's oh well this guy's. T17 right now, and he's probably not going to win, but he needs these points to, you know, move on. Whereas, like, I feel like this is actually a good way to introduce people into watching golf for the first time. Yeah, I do not disagree. It's it's still a weird spot in the calendar two weeks before the Masters with, you know, you get guys like Rory skipping, and it it feels like a weird fit for maybe some guy's last start before the Masters playing. I think Rory's skipping, too, just because, like, like, this isn't his kind of golf course, right? Like, he... He can't hit those half wedge shots. Yeah, he's a, very true. He's a thrower. Also, I feel like you could do the the uh, Monday finish thing too because, like, the San Antonio event is ninety minutes away. Right. What are the chances even that your guy like Scheffler just withdrew from from this week anyway? Yeah, 
Did he just withdraw yeah. from yeah. Florida? Okay. Couple other things. Paul Casey earlier in the week. You have any issues uh, with how that yeah, the, how that played out? I'll tell out? you, the Beluga had some issues with it. <laughs> as as somebody who bet on him, you know, or it may put some nuggies on him this week. It's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. We've always had with the WGCs the for, issue of for the listeners that don't yeah. know what happened. Two holes into his first match, he withdrew against Corey Connors with back spasms um, and did not play. He warmed up and didn't tell Alex Norton that he wasn't going to play. Alex Norton made it to the tee and teed off and Casey was not there yet. And that, so that concedes that match. And then he also conceded his Friday match. So he played two holes, collected $40,000, went 0 and three. Who was and next guy in Ryan Palmer? I believe Mr. Mr. Palmer, Arnie, you know, disrespect for yeah. Mr. Palmer. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess. And did, did Casey pull out of the week before he did not play the play. week before. Correct. He was supposed to, wasn't he? But they said it was just, it wasn't Valspar. He pulled out of Valspar. It, it wasn't was, an injury though. It was, it was not that information said, it wasn't said that it was an injury, I don't think. It was not specifically said that it was injury, which yeah. is part of the conversation. I tried to start the conversation on Twitter. It turns out the Brits are not down with the fact that, that we would even remotely suggest that players should share information with a potential betting public. Because apparently betting's been going on over here for years, and we don't have to do any. They don't do any injury reporting here. It's like, well, to the NFL. Guess what happens over here, guys? That's mostly who we're talking to. And yeah, NFL has injury reports disclosure. They have had a betting enormous betting, mostly illegal betting market for many, 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 many years. That the lines move greatly due to information shared by those teams on who is doubtful, who is questionable. All these things. Some lines are held and not even posted until injury reports are posted. And the the league polices it. It is a. It's part of the. It is part of past. I guess trying to get get this information there, uh, trying to paint this clearly of like I don't I have no I had no nothing riding on this, but if the tour is going to take money from gambling places and and funnel that money to the players, that's what's happening here. The players should owe that betting public a lot more information about what's going on with suspensions, injuries, short term, long term injuries. That even should, Rory was saying this yes, during his players' more transparency yeah. out there. Now this is not about like taking a bad beat. This is like about encouraging people to want to engage in this sport in this way. It is part of like the revenue that is going to come into professional golf is going to depend on the activity, the activeness of this market. And if you are shutting that market out, they're going to find other places to game and, and, and put their money and, and follow and be entertained by. And it might be a minor thing to a lot of people, but it's just not. And it's, it's just shitty like to, to, to have something like this happen. Um, Cause it, this is where it can get really messy. If people kind of, or at the tournament and see Paul Casey spasming on the range and, and, and then you can put in a, a play in against him immediately. Like you have access to information that nobody else has. Now it's like, well, shit, you know, can somebody be on site, tr- you know, sending that information out to people and, and things like that. That's where it gets weird. That's why you got to disclose this stuff. I think, I think the Brits, I think the red coats are still upset about us shitting on Paul Casey a couple weeks ago <laughs> yes. and the players. And, you know, there. you guys are trafficking in innuendo and, and hearsay and all this shit. Yeah, we are like, and you know what? There's a lot of it out there and most of it is this anti-Paul Casey. This had nothing to do with Casey though. This was just about like, yeah, I mean, I, it's I, shitty from Casey though too, right? I would get, I, tend to give him the benefit of the doubt. I have woken up the day of needing to, uh, playing a round of golf and had a back injury that I didn't have the day before, and it keep me from being able to play. I've had that happen, 
I imagine it happens for as much as these guys are competing. That's not outrageous for that sure. to happen. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that it happened that day. What I'm blaming is the system for not tipping us off on that. If there was no information in the system and he withdraws that day and he can confidently say like, yep, you know what? It sprung up this morning and I'm sorry to do this, but I have to withdraw. That's different than like, hey, he knew about this all week. That's what we don't know. Did he know about this all week and then just pulled out? And if there's a better information sharing system, then we have, then players are held more accountable. So one, they don't do this to the first alternate Two, they don't do this to the whole anyone that is. Well, here's the following here's the this other pool. problem is that, I mean, there's an incentive to withhold it for him because he makes forty grand. Exactly. So that might be like the answer to the question of like, how do you prevent that from happening? Well, figure out a way for, you know, you don't just get a check for forty grand for showing up. You know, if you're hurt, like it's bad for the competition if guys are showing up hurt and just not playing, right? Like that's, you know, we want the most competitive tournament we can get, and if you're not a hundred percent or you can't play then you sh- somebody else should play in your place. Sorry, like you're not going to make yeah. not going to make the money and that's not an issue week to week because there's a cut. But these WGCs like, you know, it happens. And it's it's like a competitive balance thing too between these pools where if you know, so he played what? He played one of the matches a little bit or he just two was, holes the first okay. match. Okay. So yeah, so he did that and then Which two holes is super suspicious. It's not one hole. It's like, all right, well, I, it's going to look suspicious if I play one yeah. hole. I'll play two holes. <laughs> and then like and then, you know, like Corey Connors comes out of that group 10 yeah. and makes it to the final four, which like it's a grind, right? Like that's one less match that he had to play this week. At least it was shared. It, you're right. It you're exactly right for the 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 energy lasting, at least it was shared amongst everyone in his group that they got the free point from him. Yeah, that, yes. That's that's the one the one benefit from it. But uh, it, Lee Westwood was chiming in on our Twitter mentions about this. I mean, there's a very clear divide. Australians were all over. Scott Hend, like a, a lot of unhinged Hendy. professional golfers were getting involved. Of <laughs> with just, I don't care about your dollar. It's like, well, dude, you probably should care about it because you're getting paid off of it. And if you can't see remotely around the corner for how this affects you, like you're not understanding the situation here. Yeah, it's just better. I think transparency is a good thing. Just in sports in general. Listen, they're not politicians yeah. and they're not bookmakers. That's right. Okay. Imagine just like, yeah, pro golfers telling the golf fans, like, no, you know, you, you don't need any but more. TC, I wouldn't be worried. Don't worry about the blokes and the chaps. They've been mad at me since I called Andy Murray British uh, like two years ago. I still hear about that. I, I did a drive by on mushy peas and unsalted meats on the trap <laughs> I'm going draw. to London on my way to Scotland. People were mad at me week. for that. So, listen, we, we understand. But uh, you know we gotta we gotta speak truth to uh, to our friends. I gotta across keep up appearances. I can't be flying into Heathrow and and you know having some 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 unhinged chap come up to me and say, Mister TC, we hate your takes. You know? It might be Paul Casey. <laughs> Speaking of which, that so can we talk about Westwood? Just running through some of these these groups. Group five, Scotty Shuffler, the one that he came out of. It was Scotty Shuffler, and then the three blokes, Fitz. Fleetwood and Poulter. Oh yeah, he took down the entire European <laughs> Ryder Cup team. <laughs> and you, you're, you're going to get people are going to get all over you if you don't mention Seamus Power. Oh, that's right. He had he a great won, week. He won his group. group really four. good at golf. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, Keith Mitchell, Sung J M. Actually, pretty pretty damn good, like strong group. And uh, won it. Went two and one. Keith so. Mitchell playing some golf, by the way. That's just a, a name to keep an eye on as we as we turn yeah. into these summer months. I, I think. just love like it's it's like this little status check, like like each group is, and it was. It was really disconcerting to see Honest Abe in once they moved to bracket play, like put a bullet in uh, Morikawa. Like, yeah. Oh my what, God. Like seven and six or something. He destroyed. He, be, he beat him worse than you beat me at University of Michigan, <laughs> actually. Col- Colin was not happy. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, he was not, uh, not feeling it. 
I do want people to keep track of this. Whenever they flash to Abe answer chipping, they did this like four times this week, talked about how amazing his short game is. He's one of the worst chippers on the PGA Tour statistically. And every time they show him, he's like, oh, he's just so deft at these shots. He's got a chipping green in his backyard. And it's it's basically because he's like a little dude. Yes, so like, exactly. Mu- it's like you know, like white, it's good. like white receivers in the NFL. It's like, dude, that guy's so smart. <laughs> like he's so safe. It's like no, he's actually like one of the fastest dudes on the field. <laughs> like, straight up, I can't figure out Abe's game. It, it's kind of it's extremely confusing. Uh, Sal, you want to say anything about Group Seven, the winner there? Which one was Group Seven? Uh, it was t- Big Tone, Xander, Lucas Herbert, and Takumi Kanaya. Mm. That was a that was a, that was one of the that was a tough bracket. I've I've got nothing nothing to Going say about that. Going two and one and kind of he kind of crowned a little bit. Takumi got crowned a little bit. Jameis missed a two footer and then like accidentally gave him a putt for the win. Did you see any of that in I the tiebreaker? Oh my god, he had a two foot putt on the first green of the tiebreaker, missed it, and then went to go tap in the next one and missed that one also. Then who, who did this? Seamus Power. They're they were in different groups. Are they not in the putt. No, I'm sorry. He was uh, Lucas Herbert. That's who he was playing. Sorry, Lucas Herbert. Okay. And uh, missed a, another tap-in and then conceded Kanaya's putt, and I didn't realize that he just conceded the putt to win it. It was really a bizarre sequence of events. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Kanaya manipulated his way in and then manipulated his way out of the of group one. He's he, he's into the Masters. I believe Boutros, Boutros, Tringale <laughs> is uh, one of the you. first guys out of the Masters. Uh, that just made me happy. You can discover the greatness within Elijah Craig's small batch bourbon like my guy Neil is doing right here across from me. Uh, Elijah Craig bourbon never settles for less than the best. Every bottle of their award-winning small batch carries a signature warm spice and subtle smoke flavor. It is exceptionally smooth and well-balanced. I either drink it on the rocks or in an old-fashioned. What do you got tonight? I'm just on the, the, the big rock. You got, is that small batch or is that the toasted barrel? Or no, you small with? batch. But small I had batch. that toasted barrel. Toasted barrels, really good. We're, we're out of it. Okay. I'm kind of bummed. Okay, <laughs> say really it. Good. Say it into the mic and maybe really send us some more. Yeah, toasted barrel. We need. We need. We need to get a re up on that. But the small batch is, it's just, it's really smooth. It's, it's really, really good. good. And you put it on one big ice cube, and it's just a, you know, I've I look gotten into to the it. barrel proof. In the right mood, Barrel Proof hits hits really, really good. You get a complex aroma of vanilla beans, sweet fruit, and fresh mint. The palate is pleasantly woody with accents of spice, smoke, and nutmeg. Elijah Craig won double gold at the San Francisco World Spirits competition last year and the Tried and True Award from the Ultimate Spirits Challenge in 2020. So pick up a bottle today or order online for home delivery. Discover the greatness within at ElijahCraig.com slash NLU. No Ling Ups brought to you by Elijah Craig, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Bardstown, Kentucky, 47% alcohol by volume, Elijah Craig reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Neil, you missed it when you were down down south, down in Argentina. Solly brought his smoker over. Oh yeah, we <laughs> smoked know, I still old fashions live on the on the on the show during the smoked, players. Smoked us out of the kill house. <laughs> really? You had to open the open the door. No, we didn't. I got, I'm in total control of my smoke. Okay. Uh, uh, can I ask you what is nutmeg? It's a it's a spice. It's like cinnamon. Or, or, okay, uh, it's like cinnamon. It's like a winter like mulling. It's one of those spice. things, you know, like. Kind of an embarrassing thing to ask. I hear, yeah, I hear you nutmeg. You a did lot. not have to ask that. No, I did, but I just decided. I just decided it was this, now is the time I wanted to know what <laughs> nutmeg was. I'm t- Send Neil a DM with what nutmeg is, okay. please. That help him out. You want to talk about number hole number thirteen? You're yeah. Mr. TIO. No, I, I, I know it's been probably over talked about at this point. I know our friends, you know, Ann and Brendy on the shotgun started talking about it. Andy and Brendy. That's I like. And, that a lot. Andy and, and Brendy, <laughs> my guys, Miss, Mr. Brendy. Uh, but it's it's a disgrace, and so I think it's worth us noting that temporary immovable object relief, it, that rule needs to change. And I think every year at this tournament is when I see it kind of that whole, number thirteen, but also even later in the round because I think it's such a tight property on the side of a hill. 
I feel like on 15, those guys are hitting it up the left side, and they're, you know, hitting it up next to the grandstand. They're getting a drop from it. And I get it that you need, you know, that's not normally there, but what other rule in pro golf makes the game easier for professionals when they hit it wildly, wildly offline or changes, completely changes the strategy of a hole to the point where it's like, this is, this is pointless. So I just need, I need to talk about, or I want to talk about changing the rule. Like there should be a penalty of some kind. Like, yeah, you can take the, the guys, they're going like a hundred yards to get a clear line of sight and they get a free drop. Like what? The fuck they should are do we what doing? the RNA did. Exactly, it should be a bad drop area. You should want to not hit it there. It should be part of your decision making process. Of like, yeah, if I hit it in that, I have to take a drop, and I'm not going to. Yeah, like. there needs to be some thought put into this. And you know, by and the tour, Ken Tackett comes out and he gets a step on your ball. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you uh, get gut punched by Ken Tackett. Low key, not a fun, not a fun stance to be on. Also, the 13th hole is seriously dangerous. Like people launching drivers into. The, the crowd of people and like P or landed one up there like right next to somebody who was just sitting there casually not watching Wednesday, it. Like, don't, don't drag no. P into Wednesday this. and Thursday. Spieth hit one of the worst drives I've ever seen and he just gets to drop it like free and clear next to the cart path and it has like a 30-yard chip. It's just like, it's just stupid. It's like, dangerous. It's, it's, it's dangerous and it's just, uh, it's not golf. Like the game shouldn't be easier for those guys than it is for the members at Austin Country Club. That that hole, I guarantee you, is a lot harder for the members when there aren't the grandstands there. It is. I think it. you just pull on that enough, and it just becomes like, what are we doing here? It's like an entertainment product that we're trying to keep the golf contained to this space so we don't have to move the crowds around. Like, that's that, to keep the flow. But, uh, but I'm also saying these guys should be punished then. Like, it should, yeah, be, it it should, should be, be like a fence. It should be self-police. It should be self-police by the players of like, yo, if I hit it way offline in into over the grandstands, like that's not going to be good. If you like, leave the arena, it's out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. It's, or not even out of bounds. Like you just get a penalty. You get the yeah. line of sight drop and everything, but you get a fucking penalty stroke for it. Yeah. Or you can try to hit it over the grandstands. You can <laughs> play the ball inter- as it lies. Entertainment product. That's right? what I'm saying. No, like it would be like just like a any other penalty area. Who did that when we were at the um the, the Schwab? Yeah. Uh, Wyndham Clark. Yeah. And he from like, behind nine. Really from good behind one. nine. Yes. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, yeah, if you want to play that shot and not take the penalty stroke, by all means. But nine at Colonial is another great example of dudes just pummeling the back grandstand. Because water's short, and they're just like, yeah, man, let me just clear this water, and I'll get a free drop over there, and it's all good. And that's that, to me, is like, it, not, I don't on, know. not on my watch. It's bullshit, and I, I'm sick of it. I got, and it, I, the first time I got really sick of it was when Brendan Steele did that on 18 at Sony, like two years ago. Brent, and he got, yeah. he took He's like a, a 75 guy. yards, he went and got a clear line of sight, and then like got up and down. It's like, this is so fucking stupid. Like, I can't, I don't, no other, like, amateur golfer can do that. Like, that's just not in the spirit of golf. So we need to do something about it. Brendan Steele, the big, the big dossier. Stop the steal. Can <laughs> Stop we talk, the steal, yeah. Can we talk about Westwood? Sure. Did you guys see, did you follow any of this, this past really. week? Oh, man. Uh, he has a, a bad run going on Twitter right now. Um, I don't know where this started, but Golf Digest journalist Joel Beal made what I would consider to be a pretty innocent comment, all things considered, uh, as a week or two ago, maybe about somebody not wanting to watch 49-year-old Lee Westwood and Jason Kokrak battle it out over on the Saudi tour. Ageist. Let me tell you, Lee Westwood took exception to this, <laughs> all right? He called him an ageist, if I, if I remember right, and uh, Joel replied with a, a, a pretty good... He, uh, he, he punched him pretty hard and then ended up deleting it. It was a little, it was a little harsh in terms of, 
you know, calling him out for selling his soul to the to Saudi or something like that. By the way, Kokrak's only thirty six, so forty nine year old Lee Westwood. And, I know. And Jason Kokrak. You know, but I, I don't know yeah. what the tweet was. I'm summarizing. Yeah. But him, I'm just but, saying, let's not. You know what? Age might be my favorite. Ageism is a is a let's, great. Let's form leave of Jay Kokrak out of this because he's he's only a, like a few months older than I am. So, <laughs> not only on on that he. Westwood, in the middle of, you know, obviously not making out of his bracket, gets into a little tiff with, um, or, so Michael Collins tweets out, a friend asked me, where was all the angst and rage about Saudi golf when LPGA Tour players and stars played there last week? They took the money just like the guys and no one was screaming about them. Hell, they put it on TV. I didn't have an answer for my friend. Anyone? And uh, Lee Westwood chimes in with, at Brandel Shambly, at Eamon Lynch, or at Joel Beal will know. And Eamon replies with like, all right, here's, I address this specific issue that you want to do your whataboutism thing. Like here, I, I answered this question in this article. And then Michael Collins responds, well, yeah, but you're typing this from an iPhone <laughs> probably, right? No, uh, Lee Westwood replies, ah, I see. So your employers, the golf channel must have needed to show the ladies and men's tournaments from Saudi. Looking forward to your next appearance on GC golf today, where you admonish a, uh, admonish a severe reprimand or even quit in disgust. And Eamon replies saying, surely you can grasp that legal contracts to broadcast various tours might predate the creation of Saudi events on those tours, but don't let that keep you from muddying the waters to excuse Saudi abuses for your own purposes. Um, Westwood would then reply, such a disappointing response, but you've clearly stated that if you need it, then it's okay, regardless of source. We can all see who butters your bread, Eamon. Hypocrisy at its finest. Eamon replies, I said there's little difference between a tour going there and leaving members little options, such as with the Ladies European Tour, versus an individual on a lucrative tour opting to work directly for a regime that beheads critics, then making shameless excuses for it. But I defer to you on your expertise on that. And Lee did not respond to that. Mm. So he took that and then went out, and I think lost four and three, and then would come in and just like, Straight up, like, harassing Joel Beal on Twitter, like, tagged him in multiple times, said uh, at a certain point, hey, Joel Beal, I, I see you grew a pair and replied, I'm not a politician either, just a bloke from Worksop who plays golf for a living. You got me thinking, I wonder what the average age of a Golf Digest reader is. Good luck growing the game with this current approach. Just glad Grow the Game made it in there. Somewhere. Pretty good. We had had to get that in there. So Either then way. Joel gets back into it by making what I would consider to be a funny and very innocent joke about Dustin Johnson won't recognize, or he might walk past Richard Bland on the first tee thinking he's an Austin Country Club meet, uh, member. Which is his. more of a commentary on DJ 100%. than it is on Bland. Let's get, let's get, that was, to me, a joke about yes. DJ just being aloof. Bland, Bland, he's not catching any strays. Yeah, that's absolutely. Not, that, that could have been any, that, that is just, he was just wrong place, wrong time, Blandy was. That but wasn't at him. Let me tell you, you British Twitter did not like this. Tons of people calling for him to apologize directly. It was demeaning. He got ratioed like crazy on that one. It got it got circulating in the it got in the in the upstream. Westwood uh, quote retweets: "You do fully qualify as a bell end, uh, which is that's a, their favorite. That's a favorite of uh, yeah. You can look that one up yourself if you'd like to. And then he just like." Keeps raining in. I wonder what Joel Beal is doing today while Blandy73 is playing Dustin Johnson PGA in the last 16. Uh, if you get beat fair and square, you just hold your hands up and say, well played. Some people like Joel Beal can't accept that. He's grafted his balls off to get here. Accept it and move on, Joel Beal. Good luck tomorrow against Dustin Johnson. May the best man win. Just like keeps going. And eventually, Joel blocks him. So lead posts a picture on Twitter like showing the screenshot of the, like of the block. Kind of a mission accomplished. Just you know, like, dude, like, get out of here. Like, this yeah. is ridiculous. And Like, he called you out for 
like Westwood's obviously on the run with this thing because he's signing NDA with Saudi thing and is trying to cover his tracks and trying to, you know, sign, you know, basically explain it away. And when he got called out for it, he just resorted to bullying the journalist in this scenario. And it's isn't tough scene. Doesn't Lee need to go to like Cheltenham or something like that to, to one of the horse races? I don't. Just... I don't know if the season started yet. He's probably you know. I th- well. Oh no! No! It no, was no! It March fifteenth. It has. That's because he. That's right. Because it's during the players' week, right? He didn't play in the players that one year, after uh, after he, after Bay Hill because he was he had to go to the go watch the ponies. Um, I just looked up Bell End too. That's yeah. that's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the Aussies like that. One I, never, as well. I never really heard that one. That's good stuff. Uh, I, I can't. Like, I don't know. What I a like, waste, what a, I, honestly, yeah. what a waste of everyone's time. I like what Joel. A waste, it's like yo, you're a pro golfer, man. Like what's what's. What a waste of time for Westwood. Well, for it just, yeah, it just goes back to the source of this, right? The, yeah. It's his involvement with the Saudis. And instead of explaining that away, he resorts to a bunch of whataboutism, then harassing the source of a, a couple qu- a person that made a couple Twitter jokes about yeah. it. Like, yeah. come on, man, you got to be better than that. I like Joel. And like, I th- like the, the more time that goes along with like Westwood, it's like, yeah, like he might just like not be very intelligent. It certainly appears that way based on this past week, which, um, is it's it's just tough to watch unfold. I feel like I've rooted for that guy for a lot of his career, and like you read that timeline, and I know we'll definitely hear from uh, the other side of the pond by the time we wake up. But read that and try to explain that. It's not. It's it's a pretty tough scene, um, might, might be if you will. Tough times on Westy Island these days. Speaking you know? of West, but the Live Golf invite email officially went oh, out this past week. Appreciate Wolfie. Uh, I talked to Wolfie. He was like, "Yeah, they sent it to. They pulled the emails from, um, like they pulled the tour list of." who to send autographs and fan mail to for each player. So that's how they got like his fam of Bearcat email or whatever. And, you know, instead of like, that's, that's what they're working off of here. Instead of like actual relationships and, and everything, it's just, it's like a kangaroo court. They're, 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 uh, it's like in Texas used to like buy leads for webinars. <laughs> there's like all, you know, there's like this whole dark web of like buying email addresses for decision makers. It's like, all right, yeah, let's go get these. Make a, let's, let's make an email. Let's get, a li- let's get a list, baby. Let's get an email list. I have somebody that I think is probably going to be on that email list. Kevin Na with the Golf Saudi logo on his collar popped up this week. Thirsty Kevin. How about that? Well, it's kind of a, um, that's, that's a so subtle logo. Very subtle. Right? No words or no anything. No words like, with it. That's interesting. It was is, a, it, is it a, a saw? or, or <laughs> <laughs> No, it's an oil derrick. Oh, God damn it. No, I, don't, I, I actually don't know what it is. Like, but it seems like everybody's pretty sure that that is the Saudi I'm, I'm, golf logo. Yeah, th- that pretty much is like the least surprising thing, as far as I'm concerned. As far as as far as Thirsty Kevin is concerned. Anything else for match play? Um, I know we got to talk a little. Uh, we've got Corrales a little bit here. We got some. Ma- I think it's time to start talking a little bit of Master stuff. We got a little LPGA stuff. Yeah, uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of Bryson. What What did he look like this week? He looked rusty, surprisingly yeah. healthy. Like he was touching 190 ball speed. Um, he looked like a guy who has not played a lot of golf. I'm still kind of amazed based on you know, the fact that he has a fracture in his handmate and probably needs hip surgery. Like, What's your handmate? What is it's that? It's like this bone right here, I think. Okay. I know I'm not. This in is not wrist, good radio, but like above your wrist. Yeah, in your hand. Neil, um, you want to take a victory lap? Just saying that you're, you know, feign some surprise that he that he somehow hurt himself. Uh, don't get golf. Training. You'll get golf fitness Twitter all over you if you do that. Know, Anyone I just, can get hurt. I mean, I'm sure it's very right. natural. I just don't think that carrying, gaining that much weight in a short period of time. For the record, my take was that I just don't think that's going to be very comfortable. You and said it's sustainable was the word you sustainable. used. Sustainable. And that rings very true. And it's what Neil, it looks like. Neil, yeah. Neil's all about sustainability. <laughs> I am. I'm very, very much so. No, as someone who 
put on a bunch of weight long ago, and when I lost a lot of it, especially in your legs, you don't feel good, especially if you're walking around. You're doing, like, low-impact but athletic activities every day. Like, that's the kind of activity that gaining, doing a bunch of weightlifting is, it, it's just going to make you feel like shit. And I, that's kind of what Bryson looks, it looks like Bryson feels like shit physically to me. And, it, and he wasn't limping or anything. Like, he looked like, he looked okay. Uh, his touch was off in that, that uh, Blandy matchup. His wedge game looked just really off. And he couldn't, you know, his distance. And, and when Bryson's on and he's hitting those, like, you know, he's going to 930 on the clock and he's, He's yeah. dialed in with his uh, with his swing uh, distances. That's when he's playing really well. He just didn't look like he had that dialed at all. Which honestly, is, I mean, obviously to be expected. I was not expecting any. I expected him to not make it. I expect him to Paul Casey this week, honestly. I didn't think he was healthy enough to, to play. But that was a surprise. He's playing Valero this week. I'd be amazed if he got his game in shape in time for Augusta to compete there. That's the, just a the whole thing about like a bad course Like hips, yeah. like, it's like labrums and the hip joints and stuff, at least I remember from football, was dudes would play with it. Like, a, a couple of my teammates, one of the guys I played safety with, he had torn labrums in both hips. He and played, shit, Huber. You know, yeah. The whole season. It, it just, it's really uncomfortable, but it's one it's of those injuries. rehab. Same with the surgery. shoulder. Like, you can, I have a torn labrum in my right shoulder. And it's like, nope, the, the recommendation was don't get surgery, just strengthen everything around it, and you can live with it. And it's like, you can, and it'll, it'll like, get out of place sometimes, and it's uncomfortable, but... I, it's, at some point, you're going to have to deal with it. The yep. reason I probably haven't is because I don't play football anymore. But at some point, you're going to continue to wear it down. So I just, I'm guessing, total speculation, but I bet he just doesn't feel good physically. Like, he probably just feels really, like, run down. And he's put a lot of mileage on his body in a short period of time. Uh, we probably didn't talk enough about Corey Connors. Um, he was he was a, a pick to click for me going into this year, if you will. And uh, obviously a fantastic a week. pick to click. Pick to click. I was just said, just keep an eye. I forget if I made a, lo- a season-long play on him or not, but I, I had a feeling he was going to have a he, – he hasn't played great this year leading up to it, but for somebody that has won the Valero, has finished top 10 at the Masters and his last two appearances there uh, to finish third this week, get, collect a big paycheck, a lot of points. Just I, I was with you on going that. going into the Dinah Shore next week too. <laughs> last year I was way I – was, I was in on Damn Corey it. Connors, and I kind of – maybe a little early, but I agree with you on all that. It's just he's still shaky with the putter. He put it well this week. Um, he can heat up. He just drives it so damn good, and that's like super sustainable <laughs> compared to the Kisner model. Like it just, yeah. he's just got. He's one of the best drivers of the golf ball in all of golf, and I feel like he doesn't get enough props for that. I right. love his tempo too. I could, I his, you know, it's real smooth. He's got it, a great he, swing. He does not overswing the club. TC, <laughs> um, directing that at me. Yeah, you and DJ. You always tell he's the top, the top LPGA guy. He's got LPGA tempo. That's the ultimate compliment yes. I can give. That's what I was saying. I yeah. like watching yeah. that. Yeah. I enjoy it. Anything else from uh, from match play? Because there there is a looming question as we approach the Masters that I think we we need to at least does Spee stink? That's a looming question, but I think an even bigger question. Cat? Do we see cat mate? Do we see cat mate? Um, I could not have been more definitive in my prediction like i was trying to stop the tiger augusta hype from even beginning like don't he's not going to do it he's not and i'm i've moved off of zero percent to like 1.5 percent there's some smoke there there was 
rumors flying that he went to Augusta, which I could not are, are confirm. We, yeah, are we on airplane no number? Are we looking up airplane number, mm-hmm. like tail numbers, and are we are we in that stage of the uh... video surfaced today of him? What looked like walking medalist. Okay, which you're only doing that. You're yeah. only walking if you are trying to train yourself to walk in two weeks. Yeah, and. and now, how he can possibly be ready to compete in the biggest, probably the biggest golf tournament in the world in two weeks, and, and it's an entirely different question. I don't think he wants to go out and embarrass himself. I think, if I were to guess, he's going to make his best effort over the next week and a half to two weeks and probably still not go, but it looks like he's going to take us to the, to the wire on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, even if he plays, I just can't get that excited about him playing because I don't feel like he's going to play very well. Right. Um, I'd much rather him, and, and maybe this is all just kind of a smokescreen. And I want to see him play St. Andrews. Yeah, that's like I care more about seeing him play St. Andrews than seeing him play Augusta. I don't know if there's any course though. Augusta's a hard walk, but he know you know he knows that place so well that I do. I think he can show up and just like lean on his experience there and and make the cut and not embarrass himself. Basically. Oh, yeah. oh, totally. But I like I think it. I think at St. Andrews, like I think he could. Like, if the putter got hot, like, I think he could legitimately make noise. Yeah. I I have no information on this. It just, like, there's a, enough smoke there that's a little suspicious. It uh, He was surfaced on the list of, you know, you know, being in the field, which is, don't read too much into that. A lot of uh, websites are going to get their headlines and clicks about that, but it's basically just saying he hasn't withdrawn yet. Phil is listed as somebody that is not playing, uh, so we uh, it's very safe to assume we will not see Phil. And... Uh, just because Tiger's on that list doesn't mean that he is playing, but it, it certainly feels like he's going to give it a try. And Phil, so, and Phil was Phil was asked not to play. Do Correct. we know that? Craig Dolch had a had a column in the Palm Beach Post that that referenced that. He kind of buried kind of buried the lead on that one, but yeah, he said like he's talked to several sources that said he was basically, you know, politely uh, demanded not to play by by the Riddler and, and crew. I was hoping Billy Payne would be there to to scold him in the op- in his opening statements. The uh, I what if Tiger? I want to see Tiger play Harbortown. Uh, you know, like I think that's a perfect course for him to to yeah, walk around. But he's got no interest. What, what, what? <laughs> no, I mean he like he's gonna need some reps on a super flat, easy to walk course at first. Like just diving back into the deep end at at Augusta just doesn't seem. I mean, yeah, it's the cat, I guess. And, but it, I but in his mind or projecting this of course it's like those the majors are all that matter to him at this point like maybe he can steal one or two more over the next five to ten I years and i don't like based he can't on realistically stuff. think he can win no <laughs> right? but, but he, those are the only tournaments that it's worth it for him to yeah. get up for and to like you know to try to to go like it, it, it's another opportunity missed it's only he's only getting older he's only but i feel like you got to build some strength and you've got to you got to work. It's a process, right? You got to work towards something. And I feel like just parachuting into Augusta and it's a tough walk and all that. Whereas, you know, hey, let's say you start at a re- in a really low key week with Harbor Town, and then kind of work your way up towards playing. I know, St. but Andrews. you only it's once a year. It's like it's one more missed chance at at the Masters. Like it's not he can't get this one back, right? Like it's he's one year older. It's one one every year. The odds of him making noise go down. So he's got to take, you know, it's kind of like he has no choice. He's kind of got to try it now. Or it, It's kind of a free roll where the Masters, you're not taking up a spot from anyone, especially yeah. with how they fill the field. Like the U.S. Open would be different in that regard. Um, 
So it is kind of a he can he can go up until Wednesday, and if he you know he's going to be up there anyways for the Champions Dinner, right? So yeah. he can give it a shot, and if he doesn't feel good by Wednesday, he can he can say, "Look, I'm not ready to compete," which he doesn't do that very often. I'm tr- struggling to think of even one time he's he's done that, um, you know, when it's not directly injury related. But he he has the right to do that, so we'll see. I more again, importantly, I think we should discuss Spieth. We can definitely do that. I, I his pre shot routine. It reminds me of my bad golfer friends like my friends are trying to learn how to play golf the the taking it all the way back to the top he's creating depth in the backswing it looks so uncomfortable and it looks like he's just going really steep and still coming over the top which i don't i just don't understand what what he's doing covering the ball baby feel looks awful and he's got the left the left ball in play and it's just really really (laughs) uncomfortable he's in the process i have total trust he did have a couple speedy and up and downs though on Thursday, I think he hit it over on, I think it was 13T. He was playing 12th, and he was, like, just so far off on his approach. And then he hits this, like, weird chip and makes a 25-footer. And it was, like, everybody knew it was going in, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, just to, to tie the hole, no big deal. So he's still got the magic, baby. I'm not seeing the magic. I don't see on it. On shots like that, though, like, it's he's still doing speed things around the greens, I feel like. I do think he needs to, he needs to let... Greller go for now. <laughs> like just like Ted Scott got on Scotty's bag, maybe we get Greller on Rory's bag. So you think Greller should retire? Yeah, should retire for just retire two for or a three month. Weeks that seems to be the caddy play these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've retired. Yeah. And then oh no, no I'm back. I'm not I'm not writing Speeth off for the Masters or for or for Brookline. What about, not, what about Leash? Do you see? Because I know you like to pick Le- Leash for the Masters. Leash did not look good this week. I'm not picking Leash this year for the Masters. Interesting. I don't think I can do the Speed Masters thing this year. I, wow. I hold out for this. If he does a Valero thing and and shows a fla- if he if we, if we get one flash of brilliance this week, I'll get I'll jump on board. But I haven't even seen the flash. We're back in the St. Peter uh, realm. You, you've de- it worked deni- the last you've time. denied him. It now you've denied him time. five times. <laughs> it worked last time. He is not playing anywhere near the kind of golf he was playing last year in this stretch. Um, it is. The number he's the second biggest favorite as of now for Augusta, and he is. I mean, over the last three months, he has 0. 0.42 strokes gained, um, which is not good. That's not um, a very competitive golfer at, at the highest level. And he's not. His putting numbers are below average. He's he's losing strokes on the greens. He's losing strokes around the greens. The magic's it's not there I right now. Night is darkest before the. I dawn, hope so. No, I hope I so. With speed, it's like he never had a good golf swing. In, in I my mind. totally disagree with that. Well, not a pretty one, you know, with the chicken wing and like it's like, dude, stop trying to just just work. It's work with what you got. Like, you stop have a very to... pretty golf swing, but it like what does it get you? Exactly. <laughs> That's my point. It's like speed should be more happy. Just yo, just hit the ball like you. But you're you're grew sitting here it. telling him that his swing looks over the top. And, and my, my point is that <laughs> I think he's trying he's, to deliver because <laughs> what I'm delivering is that he's changing it. Like the the whole routine starting this year, starting in Hawaii, it was like yo, it looks like speed is trying to make some wholesale changes up top, and I don't know why. I don't like it. It's like he's trying to make big changes to his swing 
because like he doesn't probably doesn't like it, and he doesn't he wants to get a little more distance out of it or like, whatever. Like I'm going to give the benefit stuff. of the doubt to him and his team yeah. that they have the right information there to want to make that change. Right? I, I sure. don't think you can just say like, "Hey, don't change anything, man." Like well, something changed for I, something I, changed for I him. I can say that because it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> <That's 'cause laughs> like I can I'm definitely to, say that. I will say you're right. You're right. You're right. But I'm just going to say as well. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like, like it, it either. It doesn't look comfortable for him. That's the whole thing with Spieth, though. Nothing is comfortable. It's yes. That's part of the journey. Ride. That is part of the journey, but there there needs to be a certain level to, of uh, of joy that is with it, and not just pain. Like there's something had to go wrong for him to want to make this change, and that's the problem with making swing changes, especially at the highest level, and, and watching it all play out publicly is like it's just a time period where you have to commit those things to, or trying to commit those things to memory, so you're not thinking about them when you're on the golf course and. I don't even necessarily know what all those things are. He he could probably come on and explain it. It would probably take like 25 minutes to break down the full sequence. He did that in 2019 and when, we, when he was on the podcast right around this time in Austin. I know, it was fascinating. But I was also like, dude, uh, stop saying all this stuff out loud because this is Or just his whole crazy. thing, his whole spiel around like, well, yeah, I got like three different swings. Yeah, the feels. feels. From, you know, since I was a kid, I got this one. And then the one where I feel like I'm coming inside, the elbow comes here. Well, that's, that's And I was like, this is awesome. It was so fascinating to listen to. But it feels like he's making these... I felt like he showed up in Hawaii with this new pre-shot routine. It was like, yo, it wasn't that bad, was it? Like, to make, like what you're saying, there needs to be a reason to make these wholesale changes other than just like, I... He probably knows that. Know. He was playing bad golf in the fall. And look, he just had a baby in the fall. And like, life changes when all that stuff happens, you know, it, it, and golf can be different priority you know a lot of it can change a lot of different things it can change sleep routines it can change pre, you know perspective or all that stuff some people play a lot better right after they have a baby some people don't and i, I don't know it's I, I don't have good feelings on it um yeah i just i just i, I root for him so i just i don't like listen, it listen i don't like it do. okay so i'm not yeah i'm not trying to be i know i'm coming off as critical and like you're right like he has all the information i don't have any information he and his team they they are the right ones to make this decision Fuck, man, it doesn't look good. I think it's a tough thing for someone like him that's got such a homemade swing with, you know, Cam McCormick and all that and never really had to think all that technically about it in the first place. And it's, you know, my fear is that it changed, it fundamentally changed the way, like, he's playing golf now. Well, right? this was a battle for, like, three years until he reached this stage last year where it was kind of that, that brilliance was back. And actually, it felt like he drove it better last year than he ever really did at his at his peak. His iron play was always an enormous strength in 2015 and 2017. And the reason why we end up spending so much time on this is, like, people it, – it obviously, there's recency bias and all this stuff. But, like, I think this dude won, like, 11 times or something before his 24th birthday. Like, we're talking about – massive amounts of winning three majors before he turned 24 years old that this is is a totally different beginning to a career than we're used to seeing and it's just it's turned into a curious case and uh and he's a three-time masters winner you know at least at least that's what it feels I, I, like i still i cannot you can't believe I it can't right i believe that he's only won the masters it's unbelievable time. it's I, like he's, God, he's a three-time winner in my head no, nobody can tell me any different it's uh, incredible Gosh, he was I, I feel so sometimes, good. Let me, last thing I'll say, sometimes when I go and to the simulator and I start to see my numbers and I see my swing on film, I hate it. I hate, and all I want to do is get the path to look like to be 0.0, .0 you know, and my smash factor to be illegal, to be 1.57 or whatever, right? And sometimes I feel like 
What are you talking about? What I'm You're talking about. track to 1.57. Sometimes you can get it over the, the, the legal limit on the, on the track, man. My point is I don't like going to the simulator because it makes me start making changes that I don't need to make. And sometimes, like, when I'm looking at Spieth right now, I feel like he's looking at a swing from, like you said, an analytical, technical standpoint, and it's like, oh, this could be better. And, I, and so I'm going to change it because it can be better. Does it need to be better, though? Yeah. Did it need to be better? I don't know. But now we're now we're in the middle of this tunnel. There's only one way out. Like you said, you're going to commit to these changes, then you just got to go and commit them to memory. And so I also don't know how severe the changes are. The pre-shot routine is different, and the, the you know the position at the top looks a, a little bit different. But it might be. It looks like he's trying to make this big difference at the top of the backswing with, with the pre-shot thing. Like he's trying to get this feel of like, yeah, I want the the hands to be super high, and it just like man. To it me, doesn't that look natural. To me, that doesn't explain not putting it great either. You know, it uh, it's not like it's uh, if he just gets a little bit straightened out, it's really close. Like it just ah, it doesn't feel that close to me. Guys, so. going you know, twenty twenty one, we talked about Scotty had the you know the those ten top ten finishes. I think Spieth had nine last year, yeah. and we oh, were had an enormous honestly start to the year after yeah. match play uh, last year, and then he goes and wins. He wins Texas Open last yeah. year, you know, Valero. So it's like we were kind of – he might go out and win next week. and, and He could, but he was everything. almost won in the desert. He almost won that's, Pebble that's Beach. He, like was he was killing it last year. Yeah. It was, he got solo second at Pebble Beach this year, though, too. Did he really? Yeah. Jordan Spieth did? Yes. Really? Yes. I don't remember that. Maybe he's maybe It was because everybody was at the bone saw. <laughs> that's right. There was no one at that one. I, 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 see, I what what what, is, what did you trademark the best bad golfer of all time? Is that the oh, for Spieth? Yeah, I mean, I remember used to call him that the best, which I think is still true. Of like he, God, he hit some. Bad it's like shots. going through a haunted house. Yeah, it's right? really like, bad. It's sometimes. not comfortable. It's not really fun. But then you get done, you're like, oh shit, that was really that fun. Was, like, that was cool. That <laughs> was cool. Was yeah. awesome. I want to go do it again. Yeah. God, that guy jumped out of the, <laughs> at, the chainsaw. At, oh man, that guy jumped out of the closet. It was crazy. <laughs> Anything else uh, flag your guys' attention as we as we look towards the Masters here? I posted a little something on Twitter this week, just kind of looking at the the three, six, and twelve month strokes gain numbers of uh, of the top favorites. Everybody that was fifty fifty to, uh, to one or lower. Uh, yeah, I thank the, you for that. The Beluga thanks you for that. That was <laughs> that was usable intel right there. It's uh, it, what, what what did you glean from that? Uh, that I need to keep an eye on guys like Cam Smith and just basically the odds. Um, you guys won't let me get my bets in early. Favoring, you know, the big names. No, sorry. You get bad odds in the big names is what, you know, kind of. Well, it, 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 the Masters is unique. Level. It's, you know, it, uh, it's it's a small amount of people can actually win it. There's so much course history to go off of. They have uh, odds that are open year-round for this. They don't really make themselves that vulnerable to that. But it is interesting to see how much respect Spieth gets in it for not really putting up numbers for a sustained period of time here. But JT trending is three month period is better than his six month period, which is better than his 12 month period uh, as well. Patrick Cantlay is astonishingly consistent among three, six and 12 months. Cam Smith trending the same way that JT is. The numbers look uh, astonishingly similar. Uh, that's what jumped out. Too, jump, jumps out as, he made some swing changes this off season too, which I feel like don't get really talked about, but he's and, made a huge leap. And but, uh, I mean, I feel like he hasn't really like he's been, He's had some good finishes, but I haven't thought he was going to win at any point in the last three months. So that's to see those much, numbers. Yeah, that's the story of his career. You're like, yeah. oh, man, like he's in, in the, the top, U.S. Yeah, in the top five. And then, but I haven't been like, oh, man, Fitz really gave that one away or 
you know, he really charged. Like, I, I haven't really thought about he just him. Needs more, needs more, like, you know, times in contention, right? The guy that's jumping out to me on the the odds, it's you know, it's kind of down the board a little bit, but it just feels a little bit light. Is Adam Scott? Yep, at sixty to one. Yep. His numbers have been very solid. Also, Zalatoris for coming off a runner-up last year, yeah. thirty-five to one. In his last three months, he's been almost two strokes gained uh, player, which is not far behind Scheffler. So how, how about Bryson? Not three, good. six, and not as bad twelve month wise, but three month and six month are small sample because he's been injured. So there's not a yeah. lot of not a lot of data in there, and he's played some golf in tournaments when he has been injured. So, but he's, it's been a long time since we've seen Bryson play good golf. That is a takeaway for sure. DJ's starting to wake up a little bit. You're bullish on Brooks. I have been. And then the numbers come up and it's, you know, it's not, it's not great. He's 0.67, 0.39, 0.84 in the last three, six and 12 months. If you're not gaining over a shot, that's that, which I I would have to go back and compare that to some of his, the majors he's won that may not be that dissimilar to how he plays normal tour golf. But yeah, the numbers aren't quite, quite checking out for Brooks kind of the way I felt like they were trending. Uh, he didn't pass. He was passing the eye test, but he's not passing the numbers test. But uh, if you're looking for a couple sleepers um, for maybe not necessarily to win, but Shane Lowry and Russell Henley were guys that were popping off. Models were popping off yet were less than uh, more than 50 to one to win the to win. And Henley wasn't even listed because uh, he's not in the technically in the field yet. But just if you need some guys that are hitting the crap out of the golf ball and getting it in the hole, uh, for top tens, top twenties, look into look into those. So. I, I just I, I can't get JT off my mind. I think JT's primed. I mean, I think people are already forgetting how freaking good Rom is. Yes, uh, Rom's putting I think seems to be a kind of a real thing okay. though so far this year. And but to the JT point, I think it's maybe been underplayed him with Bones on the bag for the first time. Bones has been on three winning Masters bags. He knows all kinds of weird, crazy shit about that golf course. I mean, if, all you gotta do is hear him tell the story of coming up with the theory that there's the ball flies like seven yards further on the 16th hole and then putting it into play with Phil at the 2004 masters to know, like, can it make a difference in a shot or two in that golf tournament? A million percent. Yes, it can. That's not to say Jimmy Johnson's not a great caddy, but there's something about, you know, being in the pressure situations on that golf course and being able to give the advice that might make the difference. The other one that jumps out from that group of um, 5,000 at the bottom is Hatton. Yep, just trending 1.23, 12 month, 1.51, and then 1.88, just consistently. And I, I haven't, I guess I haven't really felt like he was playing that good. But you know, numbers, numbers are right here. So guys, I got a weird feeling about P. No, stop, stop. I do. Don't. I do. Don't do it. He's trending he the wrong way. Drive bud. the golf no, ball. He's got two. He's got two made cuts in a row. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, he's, he's, he made the cut at the, <laughs> at the match. Play. And it's good to see Hideki's numbers. He's trending. He's, he's hurt though. Yeah. But the numbers look pretty good here. <laughs> All right. Is, is Hovland just too bad of a chipper of the golf ball to garner serious attention? No. I mean, he, he hits the shit out of it. And if he's, if there's a week where, you know, three of those balls are ending up on the green instead of around the green, that could be the difference right. maker. Um, he was, he was. A factor last year, dressed like a you know fifth grader and doing his thing. Like I, I feel like he would be. I mean, I, I could just go ahead and pencil in a top ten bet. Like he will finish top ten at the Masters. I see. Yeah. No, I just don't. I struggle to see him winning it. But there's no reason to ever it's say just, that on a podcast. Why would I say that? He probably will win it it's now. And just you can play crazy that to see how deep it is. Like I could see Joaquin Neiman going out and 
you know, playing well. I could see uh, Daniel Berger. Yeah, usually we know. wait till week of to, to list off every every person and be like, I could see that guy winning. I could see it. Thomas Peters going out and doing doing some things. You know, it's just we we got to get through. We haven't even talked to Corrales Punta Cana yet. Well, I thought you were gonna uh, at least mention too that uh, Use Golf Facts was back in a big way this past oh, she week. She is. Yeah. Well, that's what has me kind of hyped for. That's Pete. what has you bullish on yeah. Pete. <laughs> Which you know, if she's sticking her chin out a little bit, then. <laughs> You know, Munter and 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 uh, Lady Lady J she's de- and the gang. She's definitely got non-public available info that, God, that we yeah. were talking about earlier. So that's I, a I've good sign. I've kind of like taken the last you know week and a half off of Twitter after the like the players just kind of took it out of me. So I was like, all right, but she's kept me kind of engaged, man. She's she's really bringing the noise. Good. I'll keep an eye on that. Something to watch the next couple weeks. Well, I threw it out there. I was like, I wonder, Sam Burns is going to be a three-time winner playing in his first Masters. I wonder how many three-time winners are playing in their first Masters. And she it took her a couple days to reply. She replied, Patrick Reed. Yeah. Probably at 3 a.m. too, right? Yes, it was. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. Looked it up. She was right. Pete. She was absolutely right. He was a three-time winner making his Masters debut. Do you want to talk about Corrales? Uh, I do. Chad Ramey. Impressive win, man. Uh, PGA Tour rookie. He is beating up the Island Tour this year. Uh, th- or this this season, I should say. Uh, T5 in Puerto Rico a few weeks ago. Uh, T17 at the Butterfield Bermuda Championship in the fall. And uh, and now he wins. He's kind of doing the Hovland playbook. He's the, he's the Island boy. <laughs> he's the newest Island boy. PGA Tour rookie out of Mississippi State. Um, 29 years old. Kind of bounced around. Canadian tour, uh, Corn Ferry tour, and gets a W. Always like seeing these journeymen guys kind of, you know, reach pay dirt after seven strong years of, like, you know, slowly, methodically moving towards the target. So, and, I, and I know that just as much as, you know, we were celebrating, you know, the 12th man on the U.S. Ryder Cup team winning the WGC this past week, I know on the same level, you know, Rasmus Hoygaard finishing T6 in Corrales was a big, was, news, for big was, news for the European side. I believe it was solo six. Oh, solo six. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, okay. He okay. shot 67 today. Wow. Um, Very good. Clean card, 67. Yeah. So. How does brother do? Uh, he missed the cut. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, it the, portends. The, the future of the Euro portends squad. Portends good things for, for the Euro squad. You said Lauer, young hitter, Justin Lauer, played with uh, Rasmus? I, yes, I have yet to get a full report, but Lauer played well this week as well, and uh, I'll get a full report from him. And then uh, very interested to see the scores on the Euro Tour this week were like major championship conditions. The winning score was uh, was Cottermaster, seven under. Mm. Uh, Scotsman Ewan Ferguson won. Eagle to 16, birdie to 18 to win. Uh, Sally, I wanted to, to alert you. American Chase Hanna, he's a Kansas alum, solo second. Some potential manipulation going on there. We'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, you know, just hasn't done shit on the Challenge Tour or the Euro Tour, and all of a sudden he's he's finishing solo second there. I know there's this has been this has been bothering you. And I appreciate you putting this on the agenda as well. But some European guy, allegedly, there's been some European guys out there not yelling for. There have. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed it at the players. Yeah. Uh, I noticed it uh, this past week at the Dell match play. They don't seem to get the same vitriolic response on Twitter from the blokes and the chaps and the lads. <laughs> we're just asking for. We just want consistency. Consistency, guys. All right. That's all we're looking for over here. Transparency and consistency. That's, That's what we're looking it, for. Any, any, you know. Tron Carter has put this on himself to be the policer of all of this. So any and all instances of people not doing it, no matter of nationality, please please tag him. Add Tron Carter in. He'll come in from the top rope. Along with all slow play. Somebody questions. tweeted me this week and was like, 
hey, I'm not sure if you like dead serious, totally earnest. Hey, I'm not sure if you've addressed this or not, but like, like I saw, like, I saw like, that. Dude, people like, have you ever addressed like these guys not yelling four? And I was like, oh my gosh, have I ever? So, you know, uh, uh, question about the uh, Corrales. Uh, I think the last three holes are nicknamed the Devil's Elbow. Any any anybody know why the People's Elbow? Why why is it the elbow? Like, I think it's a has something to do with the shape of the 18th hole. Is kind of like a elbow. Okay. It's an elbow shaped parcel. Well, it's it's a really weird hole. What yeah. other what other devil devil nicknames do we have out there? Do you know of any? The devil's asshole. Yeah, the the bunker that's TC, but no, the 10th hole at uh, at Pine Valley. The de- that's the devil's the devil's asshole. Bunker. Okay. I mean, it just struck me as weird, like the devil's. I, I might start nicknaming stuff the devil's well, sternum, the devil, the devil's, the devil's bunghole, the devil's hip flexor. <laughs> like, no, I just the elbow is so random. It's not like the you know the devil's heart or his his brain. Elbow is kind of a Caribbean like term. Like they use it when, you know for like a there's like elbow key down in the Bahamas, I think, and stuff like that. I will say up in Ontario, devil's pulpit and devil's cauldron. They changed the names, and now it's just the pulpit club. Okay. Uh, which, you know, I don't know if that's just because they were trying to get rid of the, you know, evil monikers or whatnot. Um, did you guys see the uh, big news coming out of the USGA? Yeah. I, it's put it on my calendar already. Tell us about it, though. 2051. Huge. And 2034. Scotty Scheffler's going to be 75 <laughs> for that US Open. <laughs> I mean, so, so, 20, so 2051, that's in, what, 29 years? Yeah. That's a long time to be announcing. Why does the, Why do they do that? I'll be 64. Like, why, why, why would, I, I, honestly, why do they want to lock themselves into a course 27 years from now? Like, what's the, what's 29 the, years. 29 years from now? Like, what's the, what's I don't the know. business case for that? We might I'm need curious. to have somebody on from the USGA, maybe around the US Open. Like, does that, that build that. suspense? Do they need 29 years to get ready? Is the, I mean, what if the club's not around in 20, you know, like, there's a lot to get happen in 29 years. Is it even worth making that announcement? I don't, I don't understand the, the logic Listen. there. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a reason why, but uh, yeah. Bigger news out of there was the Walker Cup uh, moving to even years, starting in 2026. I guess they're going to play it two years in a row. It uh, would appear so, yeah. And yeah, because they're trying to avoid the Olympics. So cool. how about that? How about big that? one. DP World Tour. You got or yeah, DP World is this is this yeah. is probably more on the trap draw, you know, side of things, but it ties in enough with golf. DP World, I guess they're like a large logistics company. They they own P and O Ferries uh, over in the UK. They sacked eight or nine hundred employees without warning a couple weeks ago. Great use of sacked, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> and, uh, and and they're they're getting absolutely dragged by virtually everybody over in the UK. Sound like some bad hombres. A lot of lot of bad PR going around for them. So keep an eye on it. Yeah, we're monitoring. On the LPGA Tour front, we are currently in a playoff as we speak between Nana Kurtz-Madsen and Atia Titikul. I hope I hope I did that right. Nana Kurtz-Madsen just three-putted oh. uh, the 18th hole for only bogey of the day that would have won the uh, would have won the JTCB. Am I doing that right? JTBC. JTBC. I did that. I transposed. You're one of your favorite courses in the U.S. Aviara, a true classic design. It's. I would say it's Arnold Palmer's. Memorial to the Foz. It's Arnold Palmer's elbow. <laughs> so that one is. There's more fucking waterfalls on that golf course. There's so many flowers and so many water features. It's crazy. There's also like uh, some, a couple of the worst holes. It's Arnold seen. Palmer's funny bone. <laughs> Big story. Going back to trying to go back to back. Trying to go back to back. She had it. They're going to go to a playoff here uh, here shortly. But uh, Jin Young Ko 
had it. She's opening round 65. I'm not even going to go through all the stats. It has been, we retweeted several of them this past week, but she's been on a, uh, I, I hate to do it, but a, a tigerish run as it dates back to back into the fall. She hit something like, uh, I made a joke, a, a tweet listing off some of the stats. And I joked that she had roughly hit 198% of her greens in regulation. And, very some very very serious replies. How do you hit 198 percent of your greens in regulation? That seems impossible. So, uh, really greatly appreciate that. She finished T four, two shots out of the playoff in what would appear to be an off week for her. She's been playing some of the most unbelievable golf uh, that I can recall seeing. But I uh, didn't get a chance to watch a lot of that between uh, match play and Corrales. And uh, it, but that is, but, that is. But we got a major coming up this week. Enormous. The uh, the final. Dinosaur, dinosaur. I always Dina get it wrong. Shore. I get it wrong in my head every single time. It's like Wilbur Walbert. I know. Me. See, there's certain words out there. It you is. Just can't get them right. It is. I, I don't even remember which one it is. We just we just cleared it. But uh, <laughs> that's coming up this week. That's the final one out at uh, in, in in the desert out west. Big Rainy's going to be out there for a couple days. If allegedly. he doesn't jump into Poppy's pond, I swear on Wednesday or Thursday while he's there, I'm going to be so disappointed in the big guy. So people, if you're listening. Get in Randy's DMs. Tell him that it's it's a must that he that he takes the dive into Poppy's Pond. I'm super interested this in this upcoming week. We're going to have some interview podcasts coming out uh, this coming week uh, from from on site from Big Randy out at the Chevron, which has been uh, the A and A. It was previously known as the A and A Inspiration. It will be moving to Houston with the new Chevron sponsorship. Have they announced the course yet in Houston? Or no? I thought it was Champions. Is it not? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look that up actually, but. Um, I'm super, if you remember last year, Patty Tavitanikit basically went wide. She did go wire to wire. She basically, uh, ran away with it, except for the fact that Lydia Ko shot a final round 62 to almost run her down, um, in supreme fashion on that final day, but excited for the first major of the year. And then we have the ANWA, of course, on Saturday, TC, but the big event for next weekend, of course, the drive chip and putt. I know oh, TC is super excited about that. that. Are you going to be on site? I'm listen, I'm totally fine with the drive chip and putt, except for the, 14-year-old 14, division. 15. Last year, or a couple years ago, there were some 16-year-olds that had Because of COVID, they got, they got an extra year. There was, that was tough. <laughs> and, like, every year, some parents, like, some some completely earnest, angry parents send me a letter, like, oh, you like you have no idea what this meant to my 15-year-old to make it. It's like, well, you know what? Get your 15-year-old out there playing some real fucking golf, Okay. They got to meet Condi, though. She's out there holding court. Bubba's know, out there. Wa- walking them to and from the green. It's great stuff. Come on. Don't rain on their parade, TC. Uh, I can't do it. Um, anything <laughs> Anything else from the world of golf? Is it time to get into uh, some F1? Uh, and what? Did Did uh, Rachel Heck peak too early? What happened with Rachel Heck? She just didn't play well this week. Mm. She down, didn't win. Down in uh, Arizona. No, she finished like like not even top 40. Oh. Um, Rose played well, but... Uh, Rachel did not. So I don't know. We're monitoring. I'm excited. I've never got to watch the Anwa. I've had some, awesome. I've had complications both years that it's, that it's run and I have not got to sit and watch it. And I'm, I haven't got to watch it live. I've watched replays, but I'm excited to watch it for the first time this upcoming Saturday. Great holes. Uh, seven, like watching the ladies play seven. Super, super interesting. You went to it in person last yeah. year. But just watching them navigate some of the slopes and some of like coming in with less spin. It's super interesting thought exercise. Any any more golf? Or are we good to flip the flip over into Formula One here? No, I'm, well, I'm good. Real quick on the golf front, mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to. I went out uh, last weekend to Oakland and played uh, Corica Park, which was uh, in Alameda. Uh, it's 36 hole complex. The South Course is Reese Jones redid it. There's a, there's some cool holes. There's a lot of bad Reese Jones shit too. Like some of the most monotonous 
fairway bunkering ever. But the North Course uh, was redone recently. The, the front nine of the North Course, I should say, was recently redone by an Australian, Mark Logan. And uh, I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed it. Like, it was it was equal parts the old course and Sweetens Cove. Like, it it was so firm. They, they dropped, you know, hundreds of tons of sand on this site. It was only 3,000 yards. It, I, it was the most fun I've had playing golf in the United States in, in, you know, months, if not years. It was awesome. Strong but, endorsement. And the, the place, uh, uh, Jim's, the restaurant on site, I've never seen anything like it domestically. Like, it was like a true community park. Like, it was probably 80% non-golfers hmm. and 20% golfers sitting out in this big courtyard. Alameda was delightful. Corica Park, you got to go check it out next time you're in the Bay and Area. And the, the uh, Refuge Roost, because you were out there for an event yeah. that was put on by the uh, the NorCal chapter. Yeah, no offense our... to anyone else. That was the best Refuge event I've, I've been to thus far. Look, look it up. If you're out in the Bay Area, look up the uh, the, the local roost. They're, they're getting some good stuff going. The NorCal guy. TC, TC was pleased when he got back. He was awesome. raving about it on our team call on Monday. buzzing. Yeah, he was. Um, all right, F1. F1 for the Whataboutism Grand Prix in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Um, things kick off with uh, a, a Rebel missile strike hit an oil depot nine miles from the track uh, on Saturday after qualifying. There was a four-hour meeting debating whether or not they were going to be uh, a long meeting. doing the race. I think the team principals came back at like 1.30 a.m. to like com- help complete the meeting or something like that. The drivers were still in the meeting. There was all kinds of stuff flying around about how, you know, what, what are the consequences? Should we have this race? What are the consequences if we don't have this race with Saudi Arabia's history with what they've done with WWE? And it's <laughs> Which is that alone. Just they, amazing. I read that. And I was like. Wait, what happened? Why are they, we doing this? The, they they wouldn't let the wrestlers leave. Like that's just it, such a bizarre organization to uh, to ground on the tarmac for <laughs> for a while. Yeah, it uh, you know as we we always look to Formula One to be the moral comp um, the the sports moral compass for everything here. So we uh, I'll stick to sports. But here, they guys. did they did they did run the race. They ran the race, and it was uh, it was kind of a weirdly I. It was dramatic finish, but I felt like it was weirdly not dramatic. I feel like it was uh, Max Verstappen wins, comes from behind with a pretty dramatic overtake of Charles Leclerc coming down the finish, and I felt like if it was kind of almost routine. It was weird. And then Charles was trying to, you know, the last two laps get him back. Well, but. it seems like there's so much more strategy with these new cars with, like, you can't overtake too quickly because then you run the Which risk of, of giving the spot back because you give them time on the straightaway to then overtake you because then they get DRS, right? Yeah, it's it's something not great is going on where you're letting guys go by or you're waiting to pass in certain spots so they can't get DRS back on you. And it's, it's, it's kind of nice for there's more overtaking than previous versions, but it seems weird to have like part of the strategy be like go slow for a little while to make sure you're behind this guy so you can use the cheat codes the Mario Star mode do 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 and pass somebody I don't like it it's also a really bad track I think I was oh god it's so dangerous I was at a wedding on Saturday and in the hotel I had on qualifying just caught that Lewis Hamilton just laid an egg oh my god didn't make it through the first stage and they cut all these shots in the crowd of people oh oh my god Neil Neil check this out. Lewis Hamilton finished tenth today, P ten. Yeah, a Haas. I know he got yeah. beat by uh, finished P nine. And I I didn't realize that uh, the, our our Danish buddy's back. Um, Magnuson. Magnuson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good for him. That's good to see him back it's in a Haas. Good. 
Racing. Well. I will fix this, Gene. <laughs> no, I will fix this. I, he, I've been watching Drive to Survive. I'm he's on. Fixing it. I got two episodes left. It's been really good. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. I read a lot of criticisms about it, and I'm like, I did not experience well, that while watch, watching it. You watch a lot more F1 than me, so a lot of this stuff from last year is kind of news to me. Like I knew the general storyline of of Lewis and Max and everything, but uh, I didn't realize, you know, that the show's making me not like uh, uh, George as much. You know, with the I haven't started this like, season yet, so I don't know. I, I now he's in a Mercedes. It all worked whiny out for him. Or yeah, just a little, maybe too much of a pretty boy. I don't know. Like, and his whole his whole vibe's a little like too. Uh, it's a little bit too much Team Rose for me. If I was going to make a comp to golf, you know, just proud, a lot of proud partners, very polished, very buttoned up, but also kind of smug. And then you know he gets in that dust up with uh, Valtteri. Uh, with Valtteri, who who also reminds me of a golf. Reminds me of Hatton. I feel like they're like twins, man. Him really? and Hatton, the way they like just their whole like I, I don't know. The way with Hatton without a hat on is like is Botos to me. How they look alike. I think yeah. how they behave is very No, no, that the, Terrell Terrell hat off. Yeah. There there we <laughs> if go. You if you will. Thank you. Um I, I'm amazed at Drive to Survive's ability to make like whoever they flash on the screen, I'm like, Oh, that's my favorite guy now. And then the next guy I'm like, Oh no, that's my favorite. Now. So they what, even made Valtteri look so, really but, good. But Mazepin's not in Haas this year. He, they they cut him they, while he, you were gone. Well he just started a foundation this week. Uh, so for, that's recent for, for Russian athletes who who are no, no longer yeah. allowed to participate. We got to catch Neil uh, up on this. So why are on your honeymoon? Russia invaded Ukraine. No, so. I know that, <laughs> but I was curious if the Mazepin thing like was was that old news that like they broke up and did did they take the money? So Mazepin's dad or yeah. Mazepin senior whatever is a Russian oligarch. That yeah, has he's the fer- fertilizer Fertil- king of yeah. Moscow. He's like a, the modern Abe Froman. Who he like allegedly like met with Putin like the Thursday before they invaded. Like okay. very closely not tied good. with him. And so as soon as that happened, they cut him, cut the money, and cut uh, Mazepin as well. So okay, so what, what does that mean for Haas? Like where are they getting the money? I don't know. Gene, Gene, Gene you need to find G- me more Gene, money. Gene, <laughs> Gene, you need to you need to fix this. Okay, <laughs> not me. You need to fix this. I need I need more German drivers. Yeah. Um, but Magnus had coming out, and I've, where is he in the standings as of right now? He's got to be in the top five, right? No, maybe not. Um, Kevin Magnuson, so far, he's eighth with 12 points so far. I thought, all right, a couple takeaways from today. Checo got done dirty. Yeah, yeah signs, signs is a fluffer, Checo. Uh, you know, I, I'm tired of all these people getting on the Checo bandwagon. The people who didn't support him like, when he was, you know, jousting with, Ocon and things of that nature. Like, if you weren't with him then, you're not with him now. Okay, so Sally, I'm looking at you, on Checo. Checo's my guy. I, I, you made that very clear. I thought Max was very bitchy at the end of the race. Uh, he was. This is not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. He can't do that. It's not fair. TC's developing a a Christian Horner Max complex here. I, I hate seeing it. Listen, Apparently I mean, he's going over the line. He's calling in. He's calling for the official. And 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 his own team said, Max, let us do our jobs. We're we're watching the race. We will we will inform the stewards of any any, you know. I have a feeling that it Max has now entered this phase of the the all the messages are going to get relayed. Like Hamilton was the one has been the whiniest since I've been watching. But like probably everything Hamilton says makes it on television, right? Whereas yeah. not everything Lance Stroll says is making it on television. <laughs> or Yuki, Dad, everything Yuki says should make it on television, yeah. but it doesn't. Uh, I mean, you know what? Shout out to Ferrari, man. Oh my God, they got it together. Shout your bo- your to boy, the team principal, Benotto, the you know, your boy, he fixed the dump trucks. <laughs> I mean, I was I was surprised Max was able to get 
Leclerc. I mean, the the Ferrari felt like it. It didn't feel like it was, it was a matter of time. That's what I do like about the new era so far. At least it's like the certainties don't seem to be nearly as certain. Right? There's yeah. no like, oh, Max is going to run that guy down or blah blah blah. It just seems like there's actual contest to be had. Um, we'll see how how well it ends up working out. It's kind of it's weird. I like the reshuffle. I mean. I, I like, you know, Mercedes truly being, I think they were, I saw they were like plus 700 to win the constructors as of right now. Blank slate, man. They're yeah. in trouble. Um, tell you who's in big trouble, McLaren. Yeah, they look bad. The Zach Brown band. Hate that. Dark times. Uh, uh, you know, also, we got to get Yuki's car figured out. Okay. Can't can't we're, have him not even. We're heading to down to, it's race. Australia next week? It is. Okay. First time down there in, what, three years? I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I did not look at the schedule. I don't know why. I just confirmed that. I think it is. I, I, it is. It's Australia, April 8th through 10th. Okay, uh, so, so Masters so weekend. Week off. So the 10th, yeah. Cool. That would make sense. And then Italy, and then the United States, Miami, the Crypto.com Miami Grand Prix. Yeah, the Crypto.com <laughs> uh, billboards were noticeable today. Yes, they're all out over there. the track. Do you want to bring us through uh, some some updates around around the horn here at NLU, Neil? Yes, NLU updates. Uh, the czar is back. Well, hello, 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 world. And with by the that, way, do you need to change? Although I mean, this is although it'd be more, more Russian Imperial Russia versus. You I think it's a different. It's a different era. I mean, I haven't really thought about that, but you're. I appreciate you watching out for me, not getting. Not not getting canceled. Maybe uh, you're the more, the merch oligarch. Yeah, no, that would be worse. That would be the modern. I think Czar is a little, you know, it's, it's historic. Anyway, we're, be, we're getting back to our roots. Spring collection in the pro shops going live on Thursday. So H&B stuff. We got some Masters theme stuff coming out. Really excited about this. I think it's some of the uh, crispiest stuff we've ever done. Shout out to TC. It's from the twisted mind of TC with the Holderness and Born stuff. Some of the best logo and color combos we've ever done. We got some print polos coming out too with them. That'll launch to everybody Thursday. You can sign up for the newsletter, newsletter.nolangup.com. Uh, also going to launch probably Tuesday to uh, Nest members. So get a little early access. If you're a Nest member, check the Pro Shop thread on our message board, The Refuge, for more information on that. But we will make it very easy to find for Nest members on the message board Tuesday. But yeah, it's time to get back in the saddle. We've been kind of in hibernation on the merch front, but I think we got some big stuff it's going to be kind of rolling thunder the next two two three months so i'm excited about that and then what else do we have cooking uh we oh we got a good nest member giveaway going on this week too uh with our friends at bmw we're giving away a uh, m school uh, driving school either at spartanburg in south carolina at their driving performance center or at thir- the one in thermal california uh basically just uh sign up there'll be a um a link I'm going to put in the newsletter, uh, open to Nest members, and uh, yeah, we're just going to pick a random Nest member that wants to uh, go drive awesome BMW cars as fast as possible. Learn it's from so much fun professional drivers. It's even more fun when it's you're sick. not driving yes. when you're when you're riding with the yes. Test driver. So joy riding with the uh, with the race car drivers. Um, it's it's really really fun. So that's a full day thing, and they there's you know, different opportunities. So it'll, whoever wins, we can work with their schedule at some point this year, get them out to one of those, one of those driving days. So yeah, those are the kind of the two big things that I mentioned, the Odyssey uh, staff bag giveaway. We're going to do that on Thursday. And then master's week, we got a bunch of stuff cooking. I think we're going to do a DraftKings fantasy pool with some cool prizes and stuff there. But uh, I think yeah, it's good. I'm back from the honeymoon refreshed, ready to, ready to dive in on some, uh, some hashtag activations, baby. What was, what was your favorite part of the honeymoon? Well, I want to get on the trap draw and get okay. into it in detail, but I think 
being down in Patagonia, Mount Fitzroy, which is like the Patagonia clothing company, like those are the mountains on their logo, like just epic, epic. It's like a different planet down there. Really, really cool. The weather was great. Um, so we got in some, some long, like 20 kilometer hikes, you know, uh, two or three days down there. Um, lot, you know, I'm a little, you know, the, the food was good. A lot of asado, a lot of lamb. I'm I'm good on lamb. A lot of protein. Yeah, I'm good on lamb. It's really good meat, but it's like it's there's no frills. It's like meat, maybe some chimichurri sauce. There's not a lot of accoutrements with it. It's like, but it's really tender. It's really good. But after a couple of weeks, I'm like, all right, I'm good on the, I'm good on the meats. I've been I got the meat sweats still. So shout out to Zuck. Now you know how Zuck feels. And I want to say, first time I've ever flown first class. I, I opted uh, to uh, to do the Delta lay flat. Man, it is so, so dope. It is so <laughs> I swear to God, I'm. I, it's so nice. And oh, I look at this strap, boy. Yeah, I know, I know. I got a taste of the sea suite, but it's great. You're in like a little cocoon up there, and you got this massive screen. You're watching movies. I felt like a little kid. You know, I really did. It was so. It was so much. The flight was so much fun on the way there, and I slept great on the way home. So it kind of helped me get back into uh, into the work stuff. Uh, this week, so I think I'm all caught up. Happy to be back. By the way, I don't think we brought up the the fact the the whole boat fiasco. It was went, it really a fiasco? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was distracting the hell. It was well, right in Scotty's he, line of sight. He, they didn't rev the engine, but they were just kind of drifting, and it was a right little. And line. then, so then the boat disappears, and all of a sudden, Zuck comes out of nowhere <laughs> on the hydrofoil when he chips in from the bunker. It was like. What's next back there? It was it was almost like uh, Truman Show shit. Like now let's throw let's throw the hydrofoil out. It was so Austin. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. It's keeping it weird for sure. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's it. That's a wrap on Match Play Week. That is a wrap. Fun week. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. We got uh, as we mentioned the uh, LPGA Tour's first major this week, Anwa, and then rolling into the biggest week of the year. Safe to say, Masters Week. We'll have. Uh, a lot more to come that week as well. Obviously, live shows all week for that. And uh, some content coming from on the ground this week at the uh, the Chevron. Did I say A&A? The Chevron. I'm oh, gonna, I'll got, screw that up again. We got Valero going against Chevron. Big oil week. Oh, man. man. It's a huge That's oil true. week. That's true. I didn't even think about that. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!